0: It's that time again, right? Kick out the old welcome the new. Make your New Year's resolutions now. Go!
1: and white and blue, and we're back with another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, from the unceded Muscoum Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall.
2: And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer.
1: And it's our last show of 2023. Ringing in the bells for 2024 This will come out on Hogmanay As we call it in Scotland New Year's Eve to those of you listening in Canada Which is the majority of the people listening to to the podcast So it's our our New Year's special We'll bid a fond farewell to 2023 And welcome in the first foot of 2024 I've got my black bun, I've got my shortbread I've got my iron brew, I'm all ready to go
2: there you go. Yeah,
1: you probably don't understand any of that. But did you have a nice Christmas? First of all, I had a lo- I
2: had an amazing Christmas. It was really great. Uh, we yeah we had a couple of services on this on the Christmas Eve. Oh, I didn't uh, we play tennis? <laughs> You're hilarious. Um, and uh, yeah, celebrating the birth of Jesus it was fun. And then uh, hung out with the family on Christmas Eve in the evening. We uh, we opened one gift, or let the kids open one gift, and this year was like, a... I do like all most of the gift wrapping in the house, so it was actually a one gift with like a million, not a million, but like 10 gifts inside, so we ah. did that. Yeah, Christmas morning, we opened presents together, and then got rid of the house, got everything all ready, and Cheryl's family came over, and Cheryl made an amazing meal, and yeah, it was really great. Nice to hear.
1: Any football-related gifts?
2: Uh, Kirk got a Vancouver FC uh hoodie, which he loves. So that's good from his grandparents, which is awesome. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was football related. Well, you, you've
1: got one sitting here still, but...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is football related?
1: Of course. I only, I only <laughs> ever buy you guys football related stuff. You should know that by now. <laughs> I... Talking about, you mentioned the, the birth of Jesus. I saw something that did make me laugh, which was um, someone had shared a post saying, over 2,000 years ago, a child was born in Bethlehem. And now, all these years later, I celebrate it by opening a little advent calendar and giving my dog a treat every day. This <laughs> just what we did with Annie. So. There,
2: there you go. Yes.
1: But yeah, it's it's New Year. I, I'm not a big fan of New Year. I've spoken about that before on the show as a it's you know, so big as in a, scotland it is but I, like i'm not really a drinker uh, as you know and it's like i find it an excuse for too many folk to get way too drunk and i i've, I've had a, a variety we've spoken about them in previous years i won't go over it again of of good experiences at new year we went to a, a torch carrying ceremony a, a good one not one of those kinds that you see in the south of america <laughs> It's like uh, it was to ward off evil spirits and stuff for the for the year, and been to Edinburgh for a, a, a few of the New Year things. I don't know. I'm just not not a big New Year person. I really don't like the period between Christmas and New Year because I, I I like Christmas so much, and I like I like the lights and the festivities and everything that goes with it. And then it just always seems a little bit of a lull between
2: Christmas and New Year. Oh, we should we should talk about this warding off evil spirits more sometime. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um that sounds interesting no I, lo- I love boxing day we i always go and, and buy even though black friday has taken over the, yeah the, the culture here yeah the and, deals and, aren't as good anymore on boxing uh, day black friday are better deals which is fine too you just got to adjust um but no there were still some good deals on black friday so went and got some good deals and also had some gift cards to use so i went and used those on black friday to try and get more bang for my buck um and uh you mean
1: boxing day
2: a uh, boxing day yeah sorry. <laughs> sorry boxing day um so when yeah got a drove all over the the valley to a few different stores and uh with both my offspring which was a lot of fun just hanging out with them and got to go to one of their favorite places to eat and just yeah hang out nice um, any new
1: year the, plans
2: uh well I, i've been a little under the weather since, since since uh the, since, since the all after- you're driving about <laughs> yeah since the day after boxing Day, so it's kind of put a pause on our new year uh we were supposed to have get together with a uh, uh there's a, a family together with every year and so ah. we, we've put uh we're, we're going to reschedule that hopefully for next weekend that's cool it'll be it'll be a quiet family gathering in the at our house probably
1: yeah, we always have a quiet one. Caitlin's usually asleep. I have to wake her up just before the bells to go, it's New Year, she wakes up and go, happy New Year, then she goes back to sleep again.
2: Oh, there you go. Because in Scotland, in Scotland, I heard it's like, like you get a whole, like a, a day off or two days off? Oh, well, we get two days off, yeah. So
1: we get January 1st and 2nd as holidays. In England, they only get one day off? Yeah, they only get one. Wow. And the two days is to just help recover from the hangover? I, I, probably is. Yes. I don't actually know why we've always had two like when i worked in in a bank in scotland it was like a uk wide bank so because we got the two days off at january all the english and welsh staff had to get an extra day that they could take at any point over the Uh year just because we had to get that extra bank holiday so it's an official bank holiday so yeah everywhere's closed there but yeah i don't know i don't really know why we've had the two but I've I've usually worked between Christmas and New Year, picked up some shifts at my work, but I think from next year I, I think I'm gonna actually take it off and just enjoy the darts. I have been enjoying the darts when I've been coming home. Been watching some YouTube streams. That's what I was alluding to last week in the show about it. I've got my way of watching it. And it's all been going very smoothly until yesterday and today where the guy's streams kept getting taken down. But he was back up again pretty quick with another one, so I've been enjoying that. Today, tonight's session, if you get to watch, we're recording this on Saturday night, the 30th. If you can watch the three games from the session on Saturday night, some of the best darts, you're going to see three fantastic matches. I won't have any spoilers for anyone that might watch it. We're not going to dwell too much on 2023 because it's past. It's all behind us now. And we've done a lot of years in review. So we're going to kind of look forward to 2024 in the show. We'll talk white caps, we'll talk MLS, we'll give some bold predictions. We'll talk a little bit of CPL as well. And it's time for our final awards of 2023, the ones we've all been looking forward to, I'm sure. But just to kick things off, a little look ahead to 2024 and what a year footballing-wise, I I think it's shaping up to be, Zach. The first of three really massive years on this continent, But when you look at what's in store, club-wise, international-wise, we all know the World Cup in 2026. I mean, you could even say going into 2027 and 2028 is also massive because you'll have the Olympic football in 2028 in Los Angeles. And then assuming, which is... Maybe not too big an assumption that America and Mexico get the 2027 Women's World Cup. All the eyes are going to be on North America for the next few years here. Before then all the eyes go to Saudi Arabia for the next few years after that. But 2024 is the start of these massive years. And hopefully it's the start of seeing the game grow even more at both club and international level. Hopefully by a, a huge scale. Looking ahead to next year, club wise, for the White Caps, they're looking to build in a good 2023. It's their 50th anniversary year of the very first White Caps in 1974. Messi, hopefully coming to town in May. All good things. Fighting on four fronts as well. It's the first year of the expanded Champions Cup that's going to see two CPL teams along with the Whitecaps battling it out for Canadian pride. In the CPL, hopefully continue to go from strength to strength in these post-COVID years. We'll touch a little bit on maybe some growth of the league, not necessarily next year, but the year after that. League 1 BC is now part of League One Canada, so looking forward to seeing what all of that's gonna bring. Internationally, the men will hopefully be playing in Copa America in June. The women have the first ever women's gold cup in February and then the Olympics to look forward to in Paris in the summer. Exciting times in store for twenty twenty four, Zach.
2: Yeah, you're very right. It is a, a massive um few years and specifically at yeah, twenty twenty four uh will be really big. I, I I know you're talking about this continent, but in 2024, I'm also really excited about the Euro. Oh, yeah. Because it's a... Scotland, Germany. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm disappointed I can't be in Germany for because it it'll be a special time, but um, but in the squad, it, it's, it'll be a weird time because the squad's on a good spot, but um, it'll still be a, a festival of football in Germany that will be... It rem- uh, makes me think back to 2006 and going to the World Cup there mm-hmm. and how amazing it was and... um. We, we'll do a live stream
1: or we'll get together you bring the brat verse, i i'll bring the haggis we'll poison well, everyone
2: well, i was gonna say one of us is gonna go, <laughs> go home ill from that um but no yeah i'm excited for 2024 i'm excited uh yeah like you said to see the canadian football grow uh i think we were coming off the best year of the cpl we're coming off of i think one of the best years of the Voyagers Cup. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the Whitecaps were the dominant team in MLS of the Canadian side. So it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was the best year in MLS for the, for the Canadian side. No, but, but, um, but I mean, for people on the, obviously on this coast, it's, it's nice to, to be able to say you were vastly superior to your Canadian rivals in that. Um, uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of positives in 2023 and you're right. There's this momentum going into 2024 that, um, that you hope that uh, yeah, let's use Whitecaps language. Let's hope this wave they can ride this wave and, yes. uh, and and keep it going. I
1: I also like my my genuine big big hope for this year outside of gr- continuing the growth of the game is that the infighting stops domestically, internationally, all all throughout Canadian soccer. The camera heads will prevail. Common sense will prevail. But we'll sit down around the table and try and grow the game. Now that might be pie in the sky, just wishful thinking. But it, it is my sin- sincere hope for the
2: year because this year was horrible. Michael, you keep telling me you're you're not a man of faith, but it, so- it sounds like you are. I think I need some to, it, for for this to happen. Because that's your wish. Oh. <laughs> <It, laughs> uh. Um, but no, it it, um, it it would be nice if that were to happen. But as we're going to talk about later, I, I don't think I don't think that's going to be super easy to see it come come through the way you want it to.
1: No, yeah, we'll talk about some comments that came out this week and some shots fired across the the bows. And I don't think it's going to 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 be the year that I'm hoping for in that regard. Let's just hope that on the pitch action, I I mean. I, I want all the BC teams to do well. Makes it difficult in League 1 BC because they're all BC teams, but obviously TSS Rovers in, in particular in in that regard, but I mean this year was was a good year. Like even looking at UBC, the the women winning their eighth national title at U Sports with a great team. There's some good talent starting to come through the ranks in, in BC as well and if we can all push on and just continue that, I'm really looking forward, looking forward to seeing what the, the year brings. Hopefully, we have a big part to play in it, both with our podcast, on, on the website, commentary-wise, everything like that as well. And um looking forward for all the schedules coming out, plan all my trips around that, make sure that I've got all my ducks in a row. And hopefully working with the, the new folk in charge at League One Canada as well with a few ideas ...that we've got to pitch to them for trying to take League One BC to the next level commentary-wise and and stuff as well. So all of that to look forward to. Let us know what you are most looking forward to for 2024. We're going to make some bold predictions in this show for Whitecaps. We're going to talk about some things that we'd like to change in MLS... And CPL, we'll make some bold CPL predictions uh, as well. So let us know your thoughts on all of that as well at the usual places. But we're going to kick off the main football chat. And for this part, we're going to look at the Whitecaps news of the week. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not sure many people were expecting a, a Whitecaps signing before the year was out. I I wasn't. Some people people were, no? Some people were. Yeah, some folk were. I mean, the the, the rumours were there. I just didn't think we would have anything finalised until into the new year. So it was a very pleasant surprise when the Whitecaps got a new edition on on Friday morning. Mm -hmm. It was was like a new year birth that everyone's Mm -hmm. always, what's going to be the first baby of 2024? Well, we got our baby. Baby. Croatian baby. Damir Kryla. Sure. yeah, release he
2: the came he, came he came wrapped in a
1: tablecloth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thursday, <clears throat> the the rumours abounded mm-hmm. that the Croatian was Vancouver bound. Mm-hmm. I ever since I bought tickets to watch the Whitecaps play RSL in 2011. I keep getting mailing from the fan services at RSL oh, as they yeah, try to sell me more tickets and everything. So I got an email that was a goodbye message to the fans from Damir Krylak on Thursday. I, it was a lovely written thing saying how much the the club will have a, a place in his heart and him and his family have enjoyed the time there and just everything that the club's meant to them. But it was time for them to, to move on. And it was very nicely written. It was very well received. Now, the same day, Croatian journalist Isaac Anti Sukic reported that he was close to join the Whitecaps. And this was a rumour from chatting to other media and stuff. None of us had this on the yeah. radar. Now, we've spoken before in the show. We admire Demir and mm-hmm. what he's done in the league. He's been a cap killer. Totally. And, like, taking that part out of it, he's been very good in, in this league and I've spoken my admiration here. I would have loved to ha- have had him here. Like, if if you could have picked an RSL player, him or Cordova, to join last year, I'd have picked Krylak any day of the week. But, of course, we got Cordova and that didn't quite work out. But when the rumour hit, that there was mixed reaction from the fans. I mentioned I loved it, many didn't because they, they felt it wasn't, it didn't really meet the MO of the usual Whitecaps additions, age-wise, the fact he's coming off an injury, but it did tick the box of what Vanny mentioned in our, our chat before Christmas, that he was looking to, to add some talent from within the league so that they would be good to go for training at the start of January and they would know the league and they'd be able to to hit the ground running Uh, other people were a bit concerned just with his age he's 34 now he'll be 35 in April others were concerned that he hadn't been at his best since the the back injury that that he suffered that kind of did dent his momentum a little bit but like when, when i I messaged you on Thursday saying, "Hey, the rumors are he's coming here and then it was confirmed on friday i mean what were, what was your initial reactions
2: uh yeah, I think i to be honest, I didn't realize how old he was
1: <laughs> I didn't know he was that old either. I knew
2: he was in his thirties, but I was yeah, quite surprised he yeah. was going to be thirty five in April yeah, same so i didn't uh, i i I mean this is one word so I think you could flip a coin. You know, it'll either be a brilliant signing or it'll be an unfortunate signing, I think, because mm. he has the ability to uh, s- score key goals, play a key role, whether that's a limited minutes or not, but play a key role um, and do damage for the for the club offensively for sure and probably help them, I think, in some way, solidify their midfield st- st- structure defensively as well, even though that's not... Usually his primary focus, right? Um
1: yeah, that, before, that was another thing that was raised that he's not known for his defensive play, which of course is something that Vanny demands from
2: his team. Yeah, yeah. So that might be a challenge, but it also might free up other people, like mm. depending on how they structure things, like and who's given what role. That'll be obviously for Vanny and the staff to to evaluate and decide. So he, he yeah, there's potential. So it could be a, a brilliant thing. Yeah, on the downside, there's age. Uh I think age is against him, obviously the injury history, uh, which kept him out of most of last year or significant parts of last year or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I think for some people, or maybe a small group of people, this also probably means the end of the possibility of Junior Hoyler returning, right? And so for I, those who, I would think so. Yeah. So for those who are maybe Canadian like Canadian fans and wanted to see him back, maybe there's disappointment over that but I think it's I really think it's like 50-50 like this could go either way and so in that sense I don't think it's a bad signing I think that for some people too there might be a, hey yeah we we signed a gun from Salt Lake last year and it didn't go so well I, I did see a couple of comments uh,
1: around yeah. that but I mean he, he joined RSL in 2018 coming over from Germany the onions from Berlin
2: oh yeah when they were in second division, yeah. Seven I look forward. To, I I look forward to talking to him and because I mean, the fan culture there is is unbelievable. So or like it's it's a it's a notable fan culture within Germany, right? When you're in Berlin, and so I, I look forward to maybe having conversations with him about mm. his experiences there because he Hope was there for was it five years or something? Like he was there a while.
1: Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get a, a chance to have a good sit down interview with him as well. So we'll get you on from that. Twenty thirteen to eighteen at Union Berlin coming over from the Croatian first division, premier division, Um, and then made the jump over to, to MLS. Seven seasons in Utah, making the playoffs in four of those seven seasons. 160 overall MLS appearances for Demir. That includes all the playoff stuff. 51 goals, 25 assists, so very productive.
2: A little bit higher in all competitions, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: He scored seven goals in nine games against the Whitecaps. Yeah. The Whitecaps, along with Colorado and the LA Galaxy, are the teams that he scored most against. Yeah. So that's one way to get rid of the danger, just sign them. Never got an assist against us, though. But, yeah. You know, He's better too busy me.
2: scoring. Yeah. Uh, He's, no, the on thing, the end of them all. The one, I'm sorry, the one, I just want to clarify the 50-50 or coin toss comment. I actually think this is a good move by the Whitecaps, and I hope it works out for them. Um, but there, think... there is a risk. No, totally, there's risk. Yeah. But I think this is the kind of move they wouldn't have made three years ago, right? Like, I think you're seeing, I think, with Axel also becoming more familiar and comfortable with the league and evaluating things and whatever, I, I, I think you're seeing them take risks. like this. Even Cordova, I, I thought was a good risk at the time. Like, it, it to me, it, I... There's a lot, a lot that made sense about it to me, and so, it felt
1: like it was just starting to pay off, and then they, then he yeah, went.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a little bit awkward, but understandable in another sense. So, no, it's, it, uh, I, 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 it will be interesting to see what other moves they make and what yes. how, how they upgrade other areas and what other. businesses. Well, it's
1: interesting they got a free agency deal done as well. Yeah, have they ever done that before? I. I don't know, but we we we, were, we talked last year about difficulties with some players tax-wise, because oh, yes. if yeah. you go to certain states, it's your salary. Well,
2: there's no Tam or Gam in this, right? There's no, no DP, so that's thing. No. So
1: he's not a DP. Yeah, he's not a Tam He doesn't player. mention Tam, which they usually would mention in the press releases. Yeah. So they've got him in a good deal. Yeah. And for me, if he's not a, a Tam, if he's below the Tam threshold, this is a fantastic pickup. But we'll chat in a sec about how they might use him, but he had a career year in 2021. 16 goals, 9 assists, MLS All-Star selection. He was named RSL captain in 2022, but then he got a back injury that basically sidelined him for most of that season. and He only played 5 games, scored just the one goal. Now, last year, he played in 27 games, but only 15 of those were starts. Four goals and one assist. So again, the, the production there did drop off. So it, it's how the Whitecaps might use him. I don't see him being a starter every week. He he could be one of these guys that he might just primarily feature off the bench for us, which I'm I'm fine with. Good money, good guy to come off the bench if he's happy with that role, which I'm sure... They've chatted about what role he, he can have with the club. You mentioned Junior Hoylet there. If you had to say to me, which one would you rather have? I, I would pick Demir Krylak, even though Junior's younger and we know he's done it at a higher level. I think he wants to be back over in Europe. And and I, I know we didn't see the best Junior Hoylet in, in his time here as a white cap. But I, I'm much happier to have Krylak here. I like the versatility, though, that he can give us. Because he can play as a 9. He can play as a 10. He can also play as an 8 if we need him. So it gives versatility for where he can play and where that might open up some other ideas. Because one thing... I meant to ask Vanny this when we had our chat before Christmas, but I'll, I'll ask him when I speak to him in the new year. That experiment with Ryan Gold as a wingback in the LAFC game that we were all like, that's just nuts, and then worked superbly. I'd like to see that, not regularly, but I'd like to see it a few more times. And having Krylak as the guy that can come and maybe take the 10, the 8 roll to take some of the weight off Gold to allow him to maybe do that would be an interesting one.
2: There's definitely possibilities there uh, in, in terms of, he provides flexibility for Vanny that like a Hoylet would not. And so I think, I think that, yeah, I think that's exciting. And I think that it, it, yeah, it'll allow, allow Vanny to play in different ways, give different looks or different approaches. Or one of the things that Vanny's talked about is being better in his in-game management. Mm-hmm. And this will allow him, I think if, if Kralak's not starting to change things up in a different way, than he has been able to before, or even even with him, uh, even with him shifting, you know, within the starting eleven, shifting to a different, uh, a different formation or a different approach or whatever, it'll give him more options, I think. And so, uh, yeah, I think. But all the games the coming up why, as well. Again, I, I applaud them for starting.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got four yes. competitions again. Oh, yeah, I mean, and Vani did say he needs to be better yeah. at using the squad better. So that this gives yeah. so many options. Because you you can yeah. re, you can well, have Krylak playing three different positions in three games and rest three different players. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it gives that flexibility. It's a very exciting signing, and, 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 yet, and, and, and
2: with I think greater confidence than, like obviously a mid-season signing, but greater confidence than you would like some like a, a player who they who's just they've just brought out of the academy or whatever. Right. This is a an experienced veteran player who you're not. They're never going to worry about. Yeah,
1: and if we talk as well about what he's going to bring off the pitch. So in the locker yeah. room, you've got that experienced head. And character-wise, like yeah. when, when Robo was here, he talked a lot about the, the certain characters in the team that he wanted. And that continued with MDS. It's continued with Vanny. Yeah. I, I think some of them may have looked at that in a slightly different way. But certainly, the kind of players that the Whitecaps want, they want them off a certain character. Sometimes yeah. it's worked. Sometimes the, their character maybe hasn't been what they were expecting. But in Damir Krylak, the Whitecaps are not only getting a great locker room leader. Off the pitch, his community work is fantastic.
2: Do you do you see what the read about the program that he had?
1: Krylak's corner, yeah. I was yeah. going to talk about that. We'll talk about Willie's corner. Yeah, we'll have we'll have battles corner of corners be- now. <laughs> So, for anyone that doesn't know, Crylax corner when he was with RSL, he brought four hundred children to the to the games that otherwise wouldn't be able to afford to to come to a game like that.
2: Was it four hundred per game? Yeah, that's crazy.
1: That's it's awesome. like amazing stuff. But he's done other things. He's won the like humanitarian of the year for the club and like all the charity stuff that he's done. He is going to be an absolutely fantastic ambassador. For, for the club, I thought
2: it was 40 kids per game, but maybe I'll
1: was... double check. I'm pretty sure it was 400. Let me double check that. Yep, which allowed 400 plus children to attend each match.
2: Wow, okay, so it's even crazier. Okay, yeah.
1: And another that's... thing here actually says 430 children.
2: Wow, okay, sorry. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, that. You might struggle getting tickets for the Messy game, but aside from that, <laughs> there'll be a lot of folk going. I- I'm a poor, underprivileged child. Can I get to the Messi game, please? <laughs> but no. In-, in all seriousness, that's like when I, I knew he did that at RSL because I'm on RSL's mailing list, and they you would send stuff out a, a-, a lot about stuff that he had done, and I I, I love that. It's something. It's something I hate so much about the modern footballer, especially over in the UK. They, so many of them just want the trappings of fame and celebrity and the money and the flash cars and that lifestyle. And when you see players giving back, you're like, oh, that's fantastic. But that should be the norm. It shouldn't be that you see a player doing that and think, oh, that's what a great thing he's doing. It should be something that we expect players to do more often. And I think we've got a good bunch of players here in Vancouver. We've seen the work that Ryan Gold and his girlfriend have done with with the Children's Hospital and the visits that they've done and other players over the years and stuff as well. So Damir Krylak, a great addition to the Whitecaps. Looking forward to having our first chat with him. Looking forward to seeing him on the pitch. And hopefully the Krylak we get is the, the 2021 mm-hmm. Krylak and not the 2023 Krylak. But only time will tell. So I mean that that was the the old man addition to the team. Th- there was one other rumor, just to round off this part, that I'm pretty sure is absolute <laughs> bullshit. But the, an older man? <laughs> an even older man. Olivier Giroud rumors are back somehow. He was linked with the Whitecaps in 2019, and then there was a report in one of the Italian papers. So it's probably like complete nonsense. The he's going to leave intern head over to the Whitecaps. I think they just picked a story from 2019 and, like, just to stoke some fire. I mean, he was yeah. a great guy in his day. I, I'd have loved him in 2019.
2: Yeah. He's not a fleet of foot. But he, Krylak, um, like I would like to sit down and talk about his time in, in Germany. I think Giroud, I just, like he, I would I would like to sit down and just talk to him if he came here too. That would be, oh, yeah. That would be that would be very fun.
1: I mean, the chats, like it's what I said, I, I I wish we could have got a proper sit-down with Giorgio Chiellini. That would just have been oh, amazing yeah. just to have like 15, 20 minutes with him just to talk football. And like Giroud's yeah. one of those guys that's like, oh, imagine just sitting down and talking about his experience in the world game. And I mean, you never know. Stranger things have happened. I think this... This would be a really bold, when we get to our bold predictions, that Giroud is going to come here. But, yeah, I think that that one has flown. When that came out, I thought, oh, silly season is way underway. And then the Krylak thing came, and I was like, oh, is this also silly season? And then that came true. But, yeah. as you say, it's what other pieces now the Whitecaps add that are going to be interesting. Yes. Vanny wants as complete a team as possible for when they start pre-season, which now they're they're going to be back next weekend for their medicals and then on the pitch on Monday the 8th of January. The first MLS team back in action as well. It's like
2: that's nuts. crazy man. Yeah. Is it's like is it two weeks earlier than ever before?
1: I think it probably is. I mean the season's starting earlier but for the White Cats point of view it's even earlier cuz you you've got this Tigris game. I think this week or last week it was like 41 days to their first match or
2: something. It's just like nuts
1: just feels great. the season's he, just finished and even though
2: they went out when they did it's still such a short off season yeah but i mean in the global game it's actually a kind of a long off season but
1: yeah i, I mean obviously different levels but like east vice off season now just seems to be a month yeah they, they finished the playoffs second week of may and then they had their 1st preseason game mid-june and it's like just nuts no yeah. time at all off the planes are shit just now, we wish they were off all the time, but that, that's a whole other story. But that's our Whitecaps chat, let us know your thoughts on the Crylax signing. I still feel the need an experienced centre-back, and probably striker depth uh, as well it is a, a definite one. We'll continue some Whitecaps chat in the next part, as we're, we're going to bring you our... 2024 white cat's bold predictions you'll hear from myself zach and surprise guest and we'll bring you some more of our aftn awards we'll be back with all of that and song number three kicks it off in aftn's 2023
0: festive 15. hi i'm Vanny Sartini, and you're listening to the aftn soccer show
3: The handles of a blade On the knuckles round the handles of a blade A bloody blade Now here it comes All the flashing lights and So oh, You know it won't be long Time for the radio To play your last song Your last song Just calling to tell you, baby, that they're taking me away for a while. Well, don't blame me, it's the world that made me, and they're taking me away for a, taking me away for a. Wash the blood from your clothes You can't clean out your clothes You'll never clean your soul No, no S-C-A-V tattooed on your knuckles Does the world know what it means? Oh, now they're slipping on the bracelets. Are you so young and hard and mean So cold and mean you, baby, that
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's song number three in AFTN's 2023 Festive 15. If you're a new listener to this show, what we started off last year and continuing this year as a little nod, a homage to John Peel and his Festive 50, I pick my favourite 15 tracks from the year... Maybe I missed some out that I remembered later on. But up the top, I've tried to not have bands feature too much in it. But the Libertines have featured twice now. And they featured there. Song number three. Another song taken from their forthcoming album, All Quiet on the Western Esplanade, that will drop in March. That was the second single, Night of the Hunter fantastic song great lyrics great video as well if you watched the video for the song that was number five in our festive 15 run 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 the end of that carries into the start of the video for night of the hunter as well so check those out on youtube as i mentioned last time cannot wait for this new libertines album based on the two singles from it it's going to be an absolute cracker But we're going to continue the Whitecaps chat in this part, and we usually do this before the start of the MLS season, but I thought, it's our New Year show, we're looking forward to 2024, let's do it now, especially because the team's going to be back in action pretty soon, as we mentioned. So, we're going to bring you our 2024 Whitecaps bold predictions, I'll give you three, Zach will give you three, and then we've got... A special guest who's also going to give us his. Can I?
2: Can I give you my three first? Because I was
1: uh, going to uh, say you, you kick off with, with your three. Because okay. if you've picked any that I've picked, I'll I'll come up exactly. with another one on <laughs> yeah. the fly. So so that okay. I don't take one of yours. But yeah, now so, these no, don't have to be based in total reality. It's just what, just some wild stuff that may or may not happen for the Whitecaps in twenty
2: twenty four. So no, these these are not these are not crazy, but. These, this is what I'm going to go with. So um we talked about uh, Demir Krylak signing. So I'm going to go – I'm going to say that – you know I said it was a coin toss. I'm going to say that the coin toss goes in the Whitecaps' favor. And I'm going to say that Krylak is a significant contributor to the Whitecaps in 2024. And he's going to get somewhere between 8 to 10 goals for them. Ooh,
4: uh, I would I'm take go-
2: that. I'm going to say that um, – he's uh his influence is going to be felt right away and that uh, my second prediction is that the white caps are going to get past Tigris in the conquer cup which might uh, be which is my boldest of, of the predictions that was going to be one of mine so oh, okay. I have
1: to quickly think of another one on the fly here yeah.
2: and my last one which is maybe the least bold of the three is i think the white caps are going to threepeat in the voyager's cup that was another one of mine. I shouldn't have <laughs> let you go first. <laughs> as soon as you said, I'm going to share mine, and Zach's going to share his, I was like, I got to go for it. <laughs> No, I like those ones. Right, I'll, I'll do my
1: one that you didn't pick. I, I think they're going to make a deep run in the playoffs. If the right additions are made, which I think they will, I see them get into at least the Western Conference final.
2: I'm not prepared to be that bold yet.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not prepared to say they're going to win it and get to the MLS Cup, but I think they're going to have a good enough regular season that will get them a good seeding and the playoffs will be favourable to them and, and they'll make it to the Western Conference Final. I don't know if we mentioned this, actually, on the show when we're talking about the Tigres game. I don't think we did because someone pointed out to me If we're having a wild flight of fancy, and not only do the Whitecaps win the Western Conference, but they make the MLS Cup, and they are the the seeded team, the number one seed to get to host. If the MLS Cup is played at the same weekend it's played this year, Taylor Swift's at BC Place.
2: (laughs) Oh, my. like... I heard that. I think either you told me that or I read that somewhere.
1: Oh, man. I mean, can, that would be the most white caps thing ever. Yeah, it would be. We're hosting the MLS Cup, but we're in Langford. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Get the bleachers packed into Swan Guard.
2: No, they would. Yeah. They would. Oh. I mean, because I, I could honestly, in that case, could you not see the league saying, we're going to push it back a week because it's indoors, anyways? Oh, they could do. Assuming, yeah. that, assuming that that indoor playground or whatever. Is <laughs> <in that>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's going to be some uh, Christmas, uh, I, yeah. I, I, Christmas uh, market. <laughs> yeah,
1: Dickens <laughs> Christmas Fair, which they have in San Francisco. Which if you if you've never been to, we've been twice now. It's absolutely amazing the Victorian Dickens Fair at the Cow Palace. But yeah, that that just amused me when I found that out. Yeah. Can't remember who it was that told me, but thank you for sharing that. I thought I saw it on Twitter. It was someone on Twitter that shared it with me, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think the my first bold prediction: the Whitecaps will get to the the MLS Western Conference at least. Mm. This is a really I had initially this in my top three, and then I took it out. But since you've gone for two of mine, I'll put this one back in. Ryan Gold is going to start the season on fire. Mm. He is going to light it up so much so. That Steve Clark is going to give him his first Scotland call-up.
2: Oh, I like that ahead the of the Euro? Euros.
1: Ahead of the Euros, and if he does well, he will be in that Euros I, team.
2: I thought about that actually. I thought about that as one of mine.
1: I, I think I, that's. I, I think I, that's I, my
2: I, most far-fetched one. No, but it's good. As long as he just got to avoid any head injuries in the in the preseason or the early part of the yeah, season. that's what yeah. derailed him at the beginning last year, right?
1: Oh, it was. Yeah. 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 And. I'll have my third round. I'll pick up uh, another player one here because this was another one I kind of toyed with. I don't know which one to go for, so I'm kind of hedging my bets here, but Simon Betcher or Mm. Levante Johnson, Mm -hmm. one of them is going to really break through and challenge Brian White in the scoring and by the end of the season will be the starting striker over Brian White.
2: Yeah, that's ridiculously bold.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, can Brian White have another career year? That's two he's had in three seasons now. Yeah, that's... A... Of course, Krylak could come in and be the guy that then is the starting striker by the end of the, the year as well, but...
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I don't wish any bad will to Brian. I'd love it... them all to be banging the balls
2: in the back I specifically didn't say that Krylak would be the Whitecaps' leading scorer with eight to ten... Because I think Brian White, I think Brian White's still going to play a major role.
1: If he's the leading scorer on eight to ten goals, we're not getting to the Western Conference Final. No. Unless we're really spread out through. Yeah, unless there's like four guys with ten goals. (laughs) Yeah. So that's our bold predictions. Let's hear the bold predictions now from AFTN writer and occasional podcast co-host with us, Felipe Vallejo. Still can't pronounce his name properly, but I'm getting closer, I think. But we asked Felipe to give us his three bold predictions for twenty twenty-four. From a blue and white perspective, here's what he had to tell us.
0: We're looking into the future. We're looking into the future. We're looking into the future. Hello, AFTN listeners. This is Felipe Ojejo coming at you from Ontario, where I am for the holidays. And here are three of my bold predictions for the Vancouver Whitecaps 2024 season. First up, I think that Ali Ahmed is going to turn into a star player this season for the Vancouver Whitecaps. I think he's shown last season everything that he has available to give for the team. And I think he's going to take a starring role in the team this year. And if we're going to get some success, it's going to fall down to a lot on his part. Secondly, I think the Vancouver Whitecaps are going to make it to at least the semifinals of the Western Conference in the playoffs, if not further. I think if they make the right additions in this offseason, which so far with Crylock, uh, it seems like we're moving in the right direction there, then they can be some strong competitors for the season coming, especially off of these pretty successful 2023 season. And lastly, dependent on obviously that last prediction, I think that if we reach... The Western Conference semifinals or finals or beyond, I think Vanny Sartini will be nominated for Coach of the Year Award at the end of the season. And I think that if he does bring us to that stage in the playoffs, after everything that he's already done for the Whitecaps in this tenure, I think it will be more than deserved for the gaffer. We're
2: looking into the future. We're looking into the Duchin. We're looking into the Duchin.
1: So Felipe there, Zach given his bold predictions, predicting Ali Ahmed has a, a breakout year. I can definitely see that happening because that midfield role is there for someone to grab by the scruff of their neck. Um, Whitecaps, he feels they can get to at least the semis, maybe deeper in the playoffs, On kind of similar to me. But if they do that, Vanny's in the they're running for coach of the year, which... If they no. did all that, I believe he would be, but I cannot see American MLS journalists voting for him. Although they do yeah, like him that. and his antics and stuff. You have to remember he's going to be missing for the first six games. <laughs> He'd be doing it in a really short period of time. Yeah. But yeah, in- interesting ones there. You've heard ours? Let us know your bold predictions. You don't have to give us three, but you can if you want. They can be wild Flights are fancy; they can be more based in reality, but we're saying bold predictions. And I, when we've done this before, and other folks done similar things, I've, I've read folks saying, oh, "Come on, you can be bold, but they have to be like based in reality." Like, don't say Messi's going to love Vancouver so much when he comes here, he's going to put in a transfer request and ask to make a move to Vancouver. That was number six in my bold predictions, but I don't, I don't think that's happening. A bold prediction could be Messi doesn't turn up and play the game at BC Place. Interestingly though, I did read Messi is going to miss six or seven games when he's away with Copa America and it's all Eastern Conference teams that he'd be playing against. So this schedule is definitely designed for Messi to play against these Western teams.
2: Are you shocked by that?
1: Well, one thing we did forget to mention when we were talking about the, the Whitecaps schedule last week is there's a couple of dates because of the packed calendar that the Whitecaps are going to be playing in international windows, including they play RSL when Canada play Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, yeah. So I don't want us bringing all these Canadian guys to the team because we're going to have a big, big void for, for that international window. We also have two games against Dallas in the international windows, which Dallas will have players away as well, but that's a team that you're thinking, they're going to be in or around where we're challenging for. That's not the ideal games to have when you're maybe going to have players away in international duty, like Ryan Gold with Scotland. Exactly,
2: yeah. Yeah, there's uh, definitely things you can see in the schedule that have been set up certain ways, and like you said, there's things that don't favour Vancouver, but... Those are just challenges to overcome, right, Michael? Yeah.
1: If we've got a big enough squad and good depth, which is what they're targeting, to have better depth this year, hopefully that won't be an issue. And Dallas as well, they'll definitely be hit with players going away anyway. But yeah, that was our bold predictions. Let us know yours, AFT in Canada at hotmail.com, AFT in Canada on Twitter, stroke X. Still can't get used to calling it that.
2: Yeah, so let's just call Twitter
1: yeah, I do, and then i will just wait for someone to go, it's not called Twitter anymore.
2: Uh, that was lovely.
1: Yeah, Just like I call linesmen, linesmen. I, I told this story before I was doing commentary, and I someone from BC Soccer was there going, um, you keep saying linesmen? They're assistant referees. I was like, yeah, no, they're linesmen to me. And then it's like, what if it's a woman? What's well, a lineswoman then? <laughs> and they never said anything else after that. <laughs> Oh no! Ah, uh, anyway, lines people, lines people, yep, lines smurfs if they if they are blue because it's so cold, which it's been Baltic weather conditions. I watched the East Five Four for a game this morning, seven o'clock. I woke up to watch the darts, decided to watch the East Five game as well. I spoke last week about how pitched the game was before Christmas. This one was even worse. It was nil nil. East 5 played against 10 men from the 37th minute, couldn't score, it was played in what the weather forecast said, rain, sleet and snow and wind and it felt like minus three and I was watching that and I couldn't help but think, why do we play winter football still in Scotland? It's like we've definitely got the right idea over here of having that summer schedule Although I do like getting out to my VMSL games in the winter, but we are quite mild over here. Anyway, another digression. Let's get back to the chat. And for the rest of this part, we're going to hand out some more of our AFTN awards. I kept the final ones for the final show of the year. These are the tasty ones. And for these awards, Zach, it can be anything, any club, any country-relevant or can, Canadian country-relevant thing, anything that we basically cover on the podcast, you can have as your answer. And you can have more feel, than one if you want.
2: I feel like I gave all mine last time. In you kind of did,
1: but we didn't, <laughs> we didn't talk about all, all of these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- if there's any we don't have, we'll, we can maybe skip over because I wrote down all the ones we've had. So, for example, haircut of the year. I'm not sure I can come up with one for this year because
2: Rusty, Rusty stopped changing his hair, right?
1: Well, we didn't see him,
2: so who knows what his That's hair's right. like now? I, I, for that one, I would have said Rocco Romeo just because it's the most like my own. Yeah,
1: I I was thinking most like yours.
2: Did you say? He, yeah, he shaved his head. I
1: thought yeah. he had I thought he had dreads at this or um cornrows. R- corn Rocco
2: Romeo, is bald. yeah, no, yeah, who my th- who's got cornrows? Oh, TJ did some stuff. Maybe TJ, it was TJ. TJ kept on changing his hair. That was oh. One I think yes talking about yeah
1: oh we'll give tj the haircut oh we did mention that in a previous show okay well he's got that yeah give us yeah Yeah. now first one we'll talk about then and you did mention this i think when we're trying to pick our game of the year for vfc but we'll we'll have another little chat about it best away day
2: yeah do you want me to go yeah you you can you can go I, i literally only did two and they were the same and so i'll just combine them together i'll just say yeah pacific away the inaugural match of the season and then the last away day match of the season uh both were very very special uh the first one was because it was the inaugural game of the club the players this uh group of players that was under was lacking in depth and quality yet they gelled together to battle against uh, a quality pacific side and um and, and gave their all on the field and came away with an unfortunate 1-0 no loss, but uh, they knew that the fans were there to support them, and we had a small display, and, um, yeah, the shushing, the, the the connection after the match was all really, really awesome. And then uh, on September 30th, we were there, and it was uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day, and again, small display to mm-hmm. so, to honor that. And um, on that occasion, our, our, our players... After two and one, two two defeats against Pacific in the you know in the f- first two games, uh, we had won the third game at home, and then in that game we completed our double by beating them away uh, two one. Um, it was a glorious, glorious day. Especially that first half was amazing. But
1: um... I mean, I I remember watching it and just seeing the joy, and then. Saw you in the crowd, and it it just it looked such a special occasion. I yeah. couldn't make it over to to that first game. Well, you were
2: working. Right? I was
1: commentating, so I, yeah. I couldn't make it over for that. And I, I wish I'd been there. I know the result didn't go the, the way you wanted it, but I missed the very first game, and I missed the very first home game because I, I I was doing the League One commentary. And I mean, they're special occasions, and yeah. for any club, your your very your first match ever. It's just, m- most football fans, especially like from me back home, you don't get to experience that because the time you're following a club, they're already quite well established. Yeah. And it's like, I'd, I've been fortunate enough that I I was at the very, very first Pacific home game. Yeah, same. So I got to take that. and I can't remember if that was the first ever game or if it was... Their their second game. It might have been their very first ever game, but I, I was over in the island for that. That was a special
2: day. That was I mean, their first ever game.
1: Yeah, so yeah. it's like got to see that club board. So that was great. I'd seen TSS as well in 2017 and commentating yeah, as too. well in that as well. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of uh, really special things. And obviously, the likes in League One BC, we've had all these new clubs starting as well. So it's it's great that we get to experience that. And like really? me, as an East Fife fan, we were formed in 1903. So when I first started going to games in 1984, it's like well-established and our best days, sadly, behind us as well. But getting to experience that, it just takes you back and makes you think about oh, what it must have been like when you're starting a club. And Yeah. yeah. The more local clubs
2: that start as well in the, the following years, the, the better. So, so I'm guessing your best away day is either away to altitude or also on the island well
0: funnily
1: enough pacific is my favorite away day as well in a way it was also a heartbreaking away day but, yeah i mean it's, it's like the, the very first game you, you lost that one so it's heartbreaking in that regard but it was yeah, still a special, special day yeah so i'm talking about tss at pacific in the the canadian championship quarterfinals i mean my, my Ultimate match of the year, because we talked about the White Caps game of the year, but my ultimate match of the year it will always be TSS beaten
2: Valor. Well, it's, the that, big, it, oh, it's the biggest game in club history, right? Yeah. I mean to this point. Arguably
1: I mean I I, that, this is quite hyperbole like I know, but it's like is it the biggest ever game in the Canadian Championship? maybe yeah. looking at that way rover's colored glasses i mean it, it's up there as one of the most important games cuz it's the first time that level of team oh
2: yeah oh significant a professional for sure. side. Yeah,
1: yeah. um i mean we've had some good and bad memories for all the teams we support in this competition yeah. Yeah. over the years as well which is what makes the competition so good but I, like no one expected tss to to be as good as they were against Valor. And I think how good they were then gave everyone hope that they could go and do it again at Pacific. And they gave it a good shot. I just a couple of weeks ago I watched the highlights back again because I <laughs> hadn't really watched it from the from the, the the game. My my worst away experience as well was also on the island which was TSS losing Two goals in stoppage time. Oh, yes. To the Highlanders that stopped them being in next year's Canadian Championship. Yeah. Um, but no, that TSS game at Pacific, the atmosphere, there was over 100 TSS fans there. Not all of them made it over from the mainland. There was folk from the island that had come down, like yeah. Harborside fans and stuff as well. But the atmosphere was great. They were singing non stop. We were under the roof. Pacific's mm-hmm. hospitality that day was great. They gave us a suite. I I bounced between the suite getting some free food in there and the press box getting some free food in there. Yeah. I did I did quite well. I certainly stocked up, but the reason for me it was the best away day is because I was working as the the That's communication software. media officer for for TSS. Yeah. So I travelled with a team, spent oh, yeah. the the Tuesday travelling over doing the media setting up the media call at training. Being at the game, doing the post-game media, and then the, the journey home. You but told just, me a
2: number. Of, you told me a number of really great stories from behind the scenes of all. Yeah.
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> but but to see all that is like uh, amazing. Like that, things happened that I, I've not spoken about. I'm not sure that anyone else has spoken about. I'll, I'll tell a little story now. That this one, Guardians, maybe a little. I don't know if they want this out there, but it's, it's getting out there now. Before the game. There's a famous moment in TSS history when they won the League One BC Championship on penalties and Devon O'Hay, striker who didn't feature this year sadly due to injury and his his mum passed away as well so he didn't feature for the team this year but after we won the 2022 Championship he grabbed the Swan Guardian's flag ran with it across the pitch and put it in the centre circle
2: yeah, like Grand Zunis Turkey. Yeah, on yeah.
1: the bottom of the flagpole is some Swan Guard dirt. Mm. So that was taken off the flagpole, taken over to the island, and spread in the centre circle before the game to bring a little bit mm. of Swan Guard to the the Langford pitch. Now it ultimately didn't work, but it was such a good game. It was such a good occasion. Just travelling with a team, getting to experience a proper minnow cup thing like you see in the FA Cup over the years. It was just an amazing day. The result didn't go that way. Part of that result may feature in the next part with another <laughs> one of the awards. But yeah, oh, for sure me, will. that was the best away day. So I think if we put them all together, we can basically say Pacific's the best away day. Totally. And if you haven't got a chance to get over to a game at Pacific, definitely do. If and if, you you're seen... Whitecaps, if you're a Caps <laughs> fan or a Cavalry fan, yeah, you know opportunities coming up quickly. You've got a great chance to go and see the stadium. It's a it's a cracking wee stadium. I mean, you yeah. were over at it for the the women's yeah. game as well.
2: Yeah, that's right. I did three. I did three games.
1: Yeah, i yeah. i i I did two because I did the Whitecaps when they went over there as well. Right, which was right. also another horrible away day because of the Ali Ahmed incident.
2: Yes. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. If we have a
2: scariest
1: moment of the year award or the horror moment yeah. of the year award it's that Ali Ahmed incident because yeah. we genuinely thought he was either dead because they put or the sheet around danger. him Yeah, we thought he'd broken his neck paralyzed something really really bad and yeah
2: so between you and I we went to we went to starlight five times this year wow
1: yeah, yeah. I, I could have done more
2: <laughs> oh yeah
1: yeah, that is that's nuts when you think of it that way. Um, but yeah, so Pacific Best Away Day. Now the the next one in our awards, this is an interesting one. Uh, we always give a quote of the year, and I always used to go for something quite weird and wacky. I, I've got two for this, and I, I've gone for a Whitecaps one, and I've gone for a Vancouver FC one, and they're both yeah, quite controversial
2: ones. Could you yeah, clarify your Whitecaps one? <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, because I, I did put in the rundown, Vanny's ref one, which maybe doesn't narrow it down. Yes, are you po- talking
2: about the off-the-record one? I'm, I'm the- talking
1: about the off-the-record one, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, oh. that is the quote of the year. Oh, my. The, then the false take, Creek
2: one. I'll take that. An, no, I can't agree with that. I'll take uh, options, uh amateur amateur comment. That was my other one as well.
1: Now, we've spoken a little bit about this on the show, so if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, Vancouver FC head coach Ashton Gottby had made a comment when asked how he's he's finding working in the league league so far. It was at the end of season, right? No, it was during the
2: season. I I thought it was our end of season thing. Oh, maybe it was. I think it was our end of season thing, and he was reflecting on the year. Maybe it was that then.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. and he just said, Well, I'm used to dealing um with professionals. There's a lot of amateurs.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, that I've had to deal I mean, with to clarify, this year. I
2: didn't clarify to talk about like most of the people are new to this. Yeah. Most of these players aren't have not been professionals before.
1: But it's it's like it's one of those quotes that you just snip yeah. that bit of the quote and you put that out there. Of course the other quote of the year from a Vancouver FC bent is Shan Hundle's yeah, I knew infamous. You were to say
2: that. It's nice well, that Vancouver or, has a winning or, side. Or if you're a Whitecaps fan, you take cards out of context. Uh, Julian Gressel, yes, <laughs> poor Julian. It's
1: like I don't, I don't know what the CPL is. He, Julian Gressel doesn't care. It's a, it's a <laughs> doesn't matter to him. But I mean, I, I genuinely think the quote of the year has to be Vanny's False cr- Creek quote, just because of the publicity. That it attracted and the fallout from it
2: without rehashing the whole thing, I would just say i can't I can't agree with that because of because of the negative connotation that it 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 implied despite it being in jest
1: hmm. well the the man central to that quote as well might be somebody that features in an award in the next part as well, so that's interesting tying our first two awards there together but just like that whole incident with Vanny, yeah. like the, just that whole period of play for the sitting off, not the the quote afterwards. There's, there's a, a podcast which I've meant to listen to for a while and then I forgot about it. And then they had one of the hosts of it on another podcast that I listened to. I was like, oh, I need to start listening to that. It's two retired Scottish referees that do a podcast about refereeing and decisions mm. and stuff in the world game. So I, they want you to send them incidents for them to talk about. So I, I'm going to send them that whole incident from start to finish, including Vanny's reaction, because I'd love to get their their thoughts on it. Mm. The podcast is called Behind the Whistle, or at least that's their Twitter account. I can't remember what the podcast is called. But yeah, that'll be a curious one to, to see. I mean, this might bring us into the next one, because some folk might say... we we always give an award for most embarrassing moment. Now, I'm sure some folk would find Vanny's actions quite embarrassing, because that was what a lot of the comments were on Twitter afterwards. And I've kind of gone back and forward on what I feel would be an embarrassing moment, and it's going to tie in a little bit with one of the awards in the next part, but in the end, I went for... Josh Heard from Pacific FC basically admitting after his team beat TSS that he he went down very easily. I'm not saying diving because he didn't use those words, but he went down looking for the penalty that basically got his side home. And the referee in that game apologised to TSS afterwards when she watched it back and said it wasn't a penalty.
2: Yeah, I, I totally understand what you go for that one. I think for me, I would I would go with... In a similar way, I, these next two are kind of together for me, this award and the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, we'll see what the next one is. The next award and the final award for this part is Disgrace of the Year. Because as, as much as you feel that way about Josh Hurt, I feel similar similarly towards Meyer Bevan. Yeah. And I would also, like I said, when we were talking about the Vancouver Sea review show, uh, I would talk about yeah, like CPL officiating or lack of some type of VAR in CPL. I think kind of fits both of those categories uh, quite well. Um, there
1: were some quite embarrassing refereeing decisions across CPL this year. Yeah, that's got to be said. I mean, my no, my, my disgrace of the year is basically Don Garber's comments about the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, 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 and just devaluing the competition, and there's not been any more since our last show on that. But I mean, that to to pull your clubs out of that famous competition, I to try, genuinely feel to try and or your... oh, to try and pull your clubs out of that famous competition. I mean, that fits the brief of disgrace a hundred percent for me.
2: So yeah, that would get my disgrace of the year award. That was Garber's new hope. Then you had the USS. USSF strikes back now <laughs> see if it's return of the mls clubs to the us open cup <laughs> so are you saying don garber is darth vader well he's well he's disgraceful for sure mm. we, we we used to refer to him more as mickey mouse than, than darth vader i i think i've mentioned this
1: before that when you're driving down to california you go through a little place called garber or you can go take a, a turn off to a little place called garberville <laughs> i i did it because I just wanted to see what it looked like fun fact they don't take gam
2: <laughs> I was gonna say no garbage bucks eh?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I knew you were gonna mention Ah,
1: uh, had to get that in every single show Um, so let us know your favourite away days of the year I'm sure TSS fans you don't need to let me know I know what that one is if you've got a, another quote of the year that really grabbed you and remember it doesn't have to be white caps or Vancouver FC it can be anything across Canadian or North American soccer if you've got a good haircut of the year as well that we might have missed. And what's your what was your most embarrassing moment that you witnessed? And what was your disgrace of the year? That's some of those awards. We've got a couple more coming up in the next part. And we're also going to talk about some changes that we would like to see in MLS and CPL and across world football. And we'll be back with all of that and number two in AFTN's Festive 15 after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Gold and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
5: You think I'm about you Well, I'm not The centre of my world Is a hot spot Think that you know me, you belong me, and you don't. To spare what kind of food follow signs that were never there?
1: Welcome back to the AFD and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM And kicking off this part, we're nearly at the top And it's number 2 in our festive 15 for 2023 From Dublin, the lead singer of Fontaine's DC His first solo album, Chaos for the Fly Came out in the summer and this was one of the the songs on it that really really grabbed me. When uh, I had Fontaine's DC as our Arts of the Month, along with Green Chat, and I, I featured this song as one of them. All of the people, great song on it. It's also a very good video for it as well, so you can check that out on YouTube. That's number two in our Festive Fifteen. What is going to make number one? Find out in the next part. For this part, though, we're going to continue our AFTN Awards. And we're going to start with Hero of the Year. And I'll, I'll let you kick this one off. It could be Hero or Heroes of the Year for you, Zach. And you can take your definition of hero whatever way you want.
2: Yeah, I I struggle with this one a little bit. Um, I think, oh, man. Like, for, for me, I, I want to say someone like, like Callum Irving or TJ Taheed or mm. someone like that, you know, who just brought a lot of uh, joy to to Vancouver FC's first season and their fans. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably have to be one of them. I think Callum just for his being the captain, being the leader, I think for the most part um, playing amazingly. And, um, I mean, he, he had moments he'd want back for sure, but I think on the whole... Well, yeah, the saves of the year are out uh they didn't have a video for saves of the year when we did our video but they have a saves of the year video. oh and, and i was reminded of like oh yeah there's some some of those wins would not have happened for sure without some a couple of crazy saves from him yeah um and then yeah tj to just for being that breakout young player who like everyone everyone who's watched or has followed the club is like excited to see what's going to happen for the kid and how is he going to develop and progress and what's year two going to look like for him um in the cpl and like how are these how's the world cup U 17 world cup impacted him and these training sessions he's having with in other places and all this you know so i'd say i'd say probably say one of those two uh, they're, they're good picks i mean
1: for me Tying in with what we said in the last part, probably not a huge surprise. I'm giving it as heroes because I I can't just single one of them out. And it's that team that played for TSS that beat Valor in the Canadian Championship. Because to a man, including the subs, that was one of the best, grittiest team performances I've witnessed. It was just such a magical night. I can watch that game over and over and still get the the goosebumps about it. I believe it made number two in one soccer's Canadian football moments of the year just behind Christine Sinclair retiring.
2: Yeah. Which is yeah, well, incredible. It, it, it was a night, you're right, where every one of those players played at or above their, their highest level and the Valor players were not, not, not up no. for all. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think that that was the start. I think for Valor that you need to be a little bit worried here. Yeah. And yeah, we saw how that scene played out, that,
2: out. Valor's performance doesn't take away from the fact that the, as you said, TSS to a to a man to every every single player was, yeah.
1: Because I mean,
2: a, again, being
1: game. around the team. For that game and seeing the prep that went into it, like I've got to give a huge hat tip to Ryan Lindsay, who did the analytics, and oh, yeah. I've spoken about it before. Like someone needs to, to give Ryan a job. He did so much research on Valor, that was worthy of an MLS team, and they they had. I, I, was part of the the video training that they did and everything. And it was absolutely amazing the work that went into that. But on that particular game, every TSS player was an absolute hero that night. And it still baffles me a little bit that none of them have made the the jump up to to CPL fully. Like Ivan Mejia obviously got the the contract with Vancouver FC so minutes in one game and that was it. And we don't yeah. know if he's coming back yet for 2024 because he was one of the options that wasn't picked up. Marco, Marco Matteo Polisi has had to go over to Greece and he's continuing his football over there loving it by all counts. Someone was over and, and took in a game that, that he was playing in. So I mean, he's not done that. Some of the SFU guys now that they've graduated I know that the this interest in them from from some teams in the CPL, Danilo Danilo Shmichenko as well. Mm-hmm. It's like folks having a, a a look at him. So there's a lot of players that I think could make the jump. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we do see some of them in this in
2: the CPL for 2024. Yeah, I think I think you I think you will. I think some some of those players are a little bit on the older side, right? Of the, yeah. Of things, so the, for a CPL club, looking at uh, the, the CPL clubs each have they, they don't have a uniform approach for sure, right? No, I know, I know that the West Coast clubs want young players as much as possible, right? Um, R- but, Garcia, yeah, well, you, you, <laughs> you need to balance that a little no, bit. No, I don't, some just but, but um, I've no, been yeah. so yeah. But it'll be. It'll be I, w- I would not be surprised to see a few more of those guys uh, this year get get looks at CPL clubs in the preseason or whatever, and even yeah. WFC too because a few
1: of them have yeah. Whitecaps well, yeah. connections uh, uh, and stuff as well. But like, there's guys like Nico Papakiriakopoulos. He could definitely make the jump, jump. Justin Sandu, who's in that unfortunate position of being a goalkeeper, where it's a limited roster spots. And it's like he's, he's got the talent. Ali Zohar, fantastic player. I mentioned uh, Devin O'Hay, won GNAC Player of the Year awards and had a great season uh, uh, as well. So hopefully CPL, WFC2, even some of the USL sides look at some of these guys because they, they definitely deserve it. But if you watch things like Batman in the 1960s, you can't have a hero without a villain so let's get into the award that zach's been wanting us to do for weeks villain or villains
2: of the year because i have a top three well i gave three last time and i think it hasn't changed i can't remember it was it was meyer bevan it was lack of var slash officiating was there one more there was oh and the roof uh the township of langley yeah
1: yes not having the roof that's your three big villains of the year yeah <laughs> For me, number three is Don Garber For the reasons that I <laughs> mentioned The last part is being the disgrace of the year For trying to pull the teams Out of the US Open Cup And number two Josh Herd As I mentioned in the, in the last part uh, For that Dive for Pacific FC Against TSS In the Canadian Championship And number one It has to be the man that likes to sing Splish Splash I was having a bath Hopefully he's dried off by now, Best to me, Ford, definitely my Villain of the Year. Should ask Vanny if he made his Villain of the Year and see if he gets another fine.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think you'll hear him comment on anything about that. No.
1: Let, let us know if Tim Ford made your Villain of the Year or if you've got anyone else that really annoyed you this year.
2: What what are the chances that like MLS puts him at BC Place in 2024 for a match? Cuz they I, usually kept, they kept on doing I remember like do you remember early like 2011 right when Toledo came and like ooh, had, you know sent off Hasley yes, stuff. And like yes. like surely they're not going to bring him back and it was like 3 or 4 three or four matches later he there he was and it was like oh come on. I think it's a big risk to bring him back at least
1: in the first half of the season. Oh okay. Yeah. Of course they could bring him back when Vanny's what if his sixth game Vanny's not in charge. But the fans are the it's like they will not have forgotten it no i mean even into the second half they're not going to have to forgotten it but if the season's going well they'll give him the gears but it won't be as bad i personally would keep him away from bc place at the same time that's not right either because you've either got to have faith in an official and if he's refereeing yep It it would be like in Scotland, Celtic or Rangers going, yeah, we don't want this guy at one of our games because he favored
2: Rangers or Celtic in one of these other games. How do they do that again? It's it's not like a schedule where they're just like it's totally random, right? Like the referees I are. I genuinely
1: don't know how they are. It's not works.
2: like they pull the. Ref, it's not like an FA Cup draw where they just pull a ref's name out of hat and put him next to a game or whatever. like game one is you know Ishmael Elfath. You know, it's like grab the referees' balls. Give them a
1: tug, open them, oh. see what's inside. Is that what you're saying you want to do? No, you know what
2: I mean, right? Yeah, like,
1: yeah. I, no, I right. genuinely don't know how it works.
2: It would be, mm. That would be interesting to if we could find out about that.
1: That, that
2: actually would be. Yeah. I, I wonder if someone from me. Pro, someone from Pro would be willing to talk about that.
1: Would you like to come on a Vancouver podcast? No.
2: <laughs> We're not
1: going to ask about false creek but we want to only the book, songs
2: will is, be about violence
1: <laughs> we, we've got a book review episode where we're talking about the body in false creek <laughs> harris still desperately trying to get that for me as a present oh my i kind of want to read it. it actually sounded like a good book there's a series of them anyway um another award that we always give out is that the willie johnston did that really just happen award Named because of Willie Johnson taking his slug off beer, which led to Willie's corner, etc., etc., and all that kind of stuff. Um, and for me, like when I look back at the year and I think, did that happen? It's basically that whole one to two minute of chaos at the end of the LAFC playoff game. Just everything about it from the from Tim Ford bundling over shopfey. To the the breakaway, to the forward pass, to the goal, to the offside on the VAR, to Vanny's antics—it was just insanity when you watch it back.
2: I don't disagree with you. I think that's a perfect shot. I'm actually going to give this to you, to the TSS Valour game.
1: Well, yeah, that would be my runner-up because it's it, like it, I was what like when it went to two 0
2: we were all sitting there in the press box going, "Is this really happening?" Yeah, because I was at work and so work ended, was the game, was the 7.30 kickoff? Yeah, it was a late one because it was a double header that night for right. one so soccer. so 7.30 kickoff. So I think the, I think when I had, everyone had left, I think it was probably, I was just inside the first half, I think. Uh, I, so I was at least, at least I started watching at least the halftime. I saw the goals and the whatever, and the highlights at halftime. And I was just like, is this really happening? and then I watched the whole second half uh, at work before I went home and I was just like as I kept on watching I was just like like uh, uh, is like yeah I was I was like as you said before the way Valor or the way TSS was totally up for it and the way Valor was not up for it was just like is this really happening like this is crazy
1: I mean it genuinely was a game that if you were a neutral and you'd switch that on, you would have had no idea no. Yeah. who was the, the lower league team in that.
2: Yeah, not a clue, not a chance. Yeah. I
1: mean, it was a game plan that was like drawn up to perfection, in, in, including some other elements that I, I won't spill the beans on, but the, the there was some good shit shithousery that was planned for that match that also went uh, according to plan, and a little bit that didn't. But, yeah, that, that's a very good shout as well. If you have any other nominees, let us know. What we always have done in these awards before is I've always asked the question, what would you like to see MLS change for the following year? Because it was always MLS and White Caps themed awards, but because we kind of have expanded to cover a lot, lot more in, in the last few years with CPL and League One BC and the national team and everything... I, I thought I would open this up to to having a, a, a fun little chat and really would welcome all the listeners' thoughts on this as well for various changes at various levels that you might like to see. So we'll, we'll kick things off, Zach, with what change or changes would you like to see happen in Major League Soccer in 2024? Now, it might be too late for any of them to happen, but what would you like to see those
2: changes be? Well, you and I've discussed this a bit, so I I don't really disagree with you. I think um, the fact that MLS does not have goal line technology, yeah, uh, with all the money that is at their fingertips, I think is is a that could be you know embarrassment of the year if you want, or you know, like it's it is. Yeah, embarrassing. there
1: was a, there was a couple uh, controversial moments yeah. that, that VAR couldn't rule on because there was no clear camera to
2: show did the ball cross the line yeah so whatever that costs, that, that should be done Um like that and, should I, be we've,
1: we've talked about it in the show I got to go at the Women's World Cup to them showing you how it worked and it was we all got to put a watch on yeah and you, you saw the ball and you felt it and if MLS wants to be one of these top teams top leagues in the world that Don Garb is always talking about I mean, I feel they do VAR very well when you see how it is compared to some of the rest of the the, the world.
2: It's not better than the Bundesliga or, or Champions League or World Cup. But it's, yeah. it's it's also
1: not better... Oh, sorry, it's a lot better than how they have it in Scotland just now, which has still got loads of issues t- today. For example, the Celtic Rangers game today, there's some controversy about the first Celtic goal from a corner because depending on what angle you look at, it looked like the ball curved out and then back in Whoa. at the corner kick. But it was never apparently looked at on, on VAR, and depending on whether you're having your your blue-shaded glasses or your green-shaded glasses as to whether you think the ball was out or not. So
2: What was the final score in that? At Celtic 1-2-1. So wow. a big, big win I saw, for I saw the Celtics. I saw a picture of uh, Rangers fans who showed up at a... Celtic establishment yesterday to meet them, and the Celtic uh, guys didn't show up apparently. Uh,
1: to meet them, as in for a fight? Oh, probably
2: just to pass on seasonal well wishes, um, I'm
1: sure. A game of chess. Yeah. Crocono, something like Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Fantastic game. Used to have a big board. Darts. Make some darts. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, darts. I'm sure there would have been some darts thrown. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I had two changes I'd like to see in MLS. One is definitely goal line technology. And as you say, whatever it costs. I I wanted to, to ask Don Garber that in the state of the league thing, but there was mostly questions from the room and the big journalists that were online. So at some point, if we get a chance, like Garber comes up here every couple of years and we get to have a chat with him. That's definitely a question I want to ask him. But the other thing, which is definitely not changing, I want them to go back to the single knockout playoffs. Yeah. Are they confirmed it's not changing? No. Not yet, right?
2: No. Okay. But, but it's not they did say how
1: much they loved the, the playoff format, right. so I can't right. see it changing.
2: But I totally agree with you. They've done single, double, and now triple, or whatever, triple. Uh, if you're
1: complaining that there's too many games, yes. one way to remedy that is you do not have some teams playing best of three
2: It's a straight knockout. I I agree with you. Single elimination knockout for the playoffs is the best way to go.
1: I I understand they want as many teams as possible to have a home playoff game. It helps build the fan base and the excitement up. And if Vancouver hadn't had a home playoff game for another year, it would have been disappointing. And you kind of don't feel you're in the playoffs in a way if you're not getting to watch your team. That I get. I also get Apple want more bang for their buck. Probably in the hope that Messi was going to be in those playoffs to make a big run as well, but you can't on the one hand complain there's too many games, and then you add more to the schedule by a the well, league's cup and then yeah,
2: b exactly the oh, cup.
1: these knockout games.
2: But yeah, I, I Vancouver in in a in a home and away format they still would have got their home game, but I also mm-hmm. think had Vancouver had Vancouver it had been single elimination. I think you would have seen the number of traveling fans go up. Like I know some people went down to the game. You know, some people went down. Oh to yeah. The game. I think that number would have, you know, from a, a few dozen or whatever it was, would have increased more. Mm-hmm. And, and had Vancouver gone out. Oh, uh, I think if Vancouver gone out in that game, like the, 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 the first game, they're also, their season would have ended on a, <laughs> on a more pal in a more palatable way. Then. Oh yeah. Way that's true. I mean, but, but, uh, like
1: going about the travelling fans, it's like I toyed with going down, but I was like, ah, oh, I'm not going to go down for the first game. If it's a game no. three, I'll go down for it. Yeah. Because you can't afford to go down twice. Well, you could, or, but... Well, you, some folk can, but it's like I problem. couldn't have afforded to go down twice. Yeah. Um. Hey, hi, Caitlin. I'm just away to LA for a Second Street <laughs> weekend. Disney was so good the last time around, I just wanted a, a second helping. Yeah, no, you've never been to Disneyland. It's fine. <laughs> I have taken her to Disney World and Euro Disney. So. There you go. Twice. Twice. Um. Yeah, it's it's. I, I'd settle for home and away in the first round. Yeah. Because if if you want to make sure that everyone gets it, I don't like it. But I mean, Vanny even spoke about they played differently in that first game because they were trailing, and it's like ah, may as well just go for it. And just see if we can get back into this because we've got two other games if we can't.
2: So it's yeah. all,
1: it's just, it's messing with how
2: teams approach stuff. It, so, it was, it was, it was more, it was, I will say this, it was more engaging than I thought it would be. I still, I, I did still enjoy the games. Yeah. I still just don't think it's the best approach. And obviously, financially for them is the thing they feel they need to do. So, yeah. But again, it's not, it's not the best for the competition, it's no. the best for the business.
1: So again, let us know what you'd love MLS to change. Turning to the CPL now, and we've not done this before. I, I think we're both on the same wavelength for this one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What ch- what change or changes would you like to see
2: in the CPL? Well, they've been talking about it, and we've talked about it. The, the, some form of VAR needs to be in there. Yeah, there's talk. I know that they've had the, the owners have had discussions about. Even just, like, like within the box, like, just... Now,
1: that's interesting because that's been a discussion in Scotland recently because of how badly VAR's working. And mm. a few folk have put forward the suggestion, why don't we just have it for incidents in the box?
2: Yeah. The only problem... I, I don't is... like that, though. Yeah, because then there... I, I think there's... Well, was Rocco's red card... That was in... That was, Out, in, that was outside. Yeah, see, that wouldn't have helped with that. No. I
1: can picture exactly on the pitch where it was.
2: Yeah, I can too now. It's right on the right on the side there. Um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I anyways, some that that needs to be improved in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the growth of uh, the quality of refereeing through experience, through training, through whatever uh, would would be nice. And uh, um, and like we're going to talk about, I think, in one of our later uh, segments here is uh, the, just the growth of the league, like more clubs coming in.
1: Yeah. Which it's looking hopeful that that is going to be the case. I mean, the, the the whole refereeing thing is is crucial because these are the refs that you then are expecting to to make the jump to MLS to FIFA refs. Some mm-hmm. of them have already like gone between the two and stuff. It, it, it's all across the board. Now, some of you might have read our article on AFTN. It's an editorial from Darnell Smith, a local referee. Because mm-hmm. referees in the Vancouver Metro Soccer League just now are looking for more money for the games that they do, and for all the criticism we give, Wait, they get they, they get paid. Yeah, well, they, they need it. to... to the guide dogs do not come cheap. It's like you've got you've got to feed those guys. But also, it's like those glasses. It's like the eye tests and everything expensive in, in BC but referees for all we criticize them there's no game without them and they don't have an easy job because everyone has an opinion and I I, I mentioned that podcast that the retired Scottish referees do o- on the podcast that they were on that I was listening to one of them was saying what amazes him is you can have an incident and two different sets of fans will completely see that incident differently so how can you expect every referee to see the incident the same way you're always going to upset somebody in that regard and I think it's just really really tough job that they've got and it comes in training it comes in development it comes in investment and it ties into everything we've talked about this year. Canada soccer needs money to invest in all these things, whereas you've got players at the top end of the game wanting more money as well, and will that take away from the other stuff and growing it? But CPL, it, it needs better refereeing, and if they're not going to go down the VAR route, they need to put investment into getting better training for these referees, but that in itself is not going to happen overnight. So something like VAR or VAR light. Will make their job easier, and it it'll help them improve. That's what it's there for, in theory, if it works good. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Moving on to Canadian football in general, is there a particular change or changes that you'd love to see, just in the overall Canadian game?
2: Was this earlier where you talked about you know peace on earth and everyone working together? Yeah.
1: I mean that uh, that's the dream. <laughs> I have a dream. Yeah. And that is my dream.
2: Yeah. Um, um yeah, yeah, I think I think we need to so the it's official, right? There's a uh what's her name? We didn't talk about this last episode. No. Right? Um uh, I can't remember her name now. There's
1: a new general secretary.
2: Yeah, general secretary. Of, of Canada right? Soccer.
1: I will get her name up cuz I is cannot, Allison? I cannot remember her name for the life of me right now either. Let us get this up just now. We'll she, see how organized we are in this She takes show. over from interim Jason DeVos. Yes, Alison Walker. Walker. That's what I thought Walker. has a little, bit, a little bit of soccer background. Yeah. Um, Is MLSC really soccer? <laughs> yeah. Do bear shit in the woods. It's like, if you don't see them, it's like, who knows? But, I mean, her experience, she's got a lot of good experience. But, I mean, I'll say that. I had a lot of good sport experience, but maybe not exactly the kind of soccer experience I was hoping for for the position. But yeah. it's like n- none of us can judge her until this time next year when we see exactly what
2: she's done. Yeah, yeah. and she's so, not got an easy job. No, so she's got that role right. So yeah. and then Crooks is still interim. Yep,
1: yeah. um, she's the the interim. For now, divorces has, has stepped away. Um, I've I heard murmurs linking him with a
2: role at TFC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. He is connected to Herman, right? Mm. Um. I, uh, no. And Crooks is not. Is Crook? Do we know if she's even planning on running again? I, mean, I would imagine she will. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's good. We've had a resolution there um now that that's happened the next thing that'll happen is the is the um full-time appointment of the men's national team coach right yes okay so that's another thing and that's is that supposed to be bobby well i mean i'm i'm is it you who messaged me something like "Hey, you're hearing it might be bobby or yeah
1: i i've heard a, a few murmurs from that now um not from any reliable source though right yeah, so Had a no, couple of emails just saying oh uh, just so you know i've heard this and it's like i don't know who you are right but the, uh, i don't know only, how reliable it is to, uh, like i are not going to put it out there on twitter but since we're talking on this my my speculation is it's going to be bobby
2: Right. The only reason I'm thinking about that today, Michael, is because that news I sent you today about Manchiar James, yeah. former Sigma player of Bobby's, mm-hmm. uh, has been sold by Forge to Ala in the top flight in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. which is significant because he one, they signed him on a free and they're making money off of him, which is great for the club, great for the league. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it does anything financially for the league because uh, I think that setup is different than MLS, where the money actually uh, goes. I, to the I hope so. <laughs> um, uh, but perception-wise for the league, it's helpful. Uh, he's an older player; he's thirty years old, mm. right? But um, I just thought, oh, here's a here's a Bobby player who's leaving. Who, uh, I, anyways, I thought of, oh yeah, is this partly because Bobby's leaving? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, if you want my bold. Canadian national team prediction: It is that Bobby Smirniotis is is going to take over yeah. uh, as the head coach, and I am here for yeah. that.
2: So let's see. So if, if we got K okay, Crooks is in interim, we got Walker's uh, general secretary. Let's say Bobby's in place. Then yeah, there needs to be resolution with the players, uh, right? That that stuff needs to be sorted out. Yeah,
1: I mean that's that's the big hope that that can just get settled. And everyone can just focus on the on-pitch
2: part of the game. And then, uh, well, we'll talk about CSB and stuff later.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, for the... The only other thing I'd really love to see for the game here is that they open up the Canadian Championship a bit more. And they just allow more teams in. Now, they obviously will with League One Alberta coming on and League One Maritimes coming on down the, the line as well. But I'd like to not just see one team from each thing. Even if they have, uh, like, the champions automatically get in to the Canadian Championship and they have some kind of pre-season tournament for the leagues to to get another representative to go in or something...
2: Yeah I both I,
1: finalists. It, I I'd like at least two but ideally I'd love it opened up to every single semi-professional and professional club in Canada
2: I I don't disagree with you I think in the same way though that the CPL hopefully long term can work towards promotion and relegation I think that long term uh the 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 Voyagers Cup needs to include all league 1 teams in and so I, that's a long ways away. I don't think it can happen right now, Michael, because, I mean, you you talked a lot on the show this year about the significant costs of making that happen or making that a reality, yeah. especially to host a game. So um, I, I think we need to maybe begin to build the expectations for these clubs that if you are going to be in the Voyagers Cup, that, you know, these are some of the requirements or you know, the 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 framework of what this is gonna mean for your club in terms of finances and or uh you know time like uh scheduling commitments and whatever. I'm sure they do on some level, but I think that needs to be more part of the hey, you're a new club in League One Alberta. Hey, big picture. This is what this means this is what it would cost and blah blah, blah kind of I of think
1: things. it will be better now. I I can tell you categorically that when TSS got sent a forty two page document of what hosting a Canadian championship game involved in the costs, that was the first of them knowing all the ins and outs of it.
2: Right. Which is partly probably what kept them out of it before, right? Um or sorry, what not kept them, what kept League One sides or was it low? Oh, i guess no, they, oh, were, they US, were pdl before they yeah,
1: okay. the, usl yeah. league
2: two in the final yeah. year but yeah um but anyways I, uh, that, that, the the cons of the document are probably some of the things that were prohibitive from the csa choosing to include clubs like them in the past right or yeah but i'd like, thunder, I'd like to see thunder when it peg fury and yeah so I, I i would i would too but i just think there needs to be like hey this is this is what it takes so like if you want to be a part of it, you need to like plan for the future right yeah and... i mean
1: that's maybe more a long term <laughs> thing it's not something that can be
2: put in overnight I, I think you can open it up a little bit well here's what i would say michael i would say there's 3 mls clubs right there's uh 8 cpl clubs that's 11 then there's league 1 ontario league 1 quebec league 1 bc right yep that's uh, league 1, one. alberta no, but right now. Oh, yeah. Sorry, right now. So, yep. so that puts yep. us at fourteen, right? Yep. I would say for now it would be nice to have two more clubs so mm-hmm. that we have a full like round of sixteen. None of this yeah. you want so you get a buy or you have a lot of money so you get a buy or whatever. It should be a proper here's a round like a round of sixteen. So yeah, whether it's uh a playoff of those three teams that came second in those league, the, the, you know, league one, Ontario league, league one, B a uh, league one, BC league one, Ontario, whatever. Um, They had a playoff, a preseason term, whatever it was to, to decide that. That would, I think that would be great going below those, that level. I, I, I don't think, I don't think we should do that either because again, the cost I mean, you, you and I talk about this, uh, you talk about a little bit on the show, cost of some of these clubs to get to nationals is crazy oh well, yeah we, we have friends fundraising for their kids teams to go to these these things or whatever across the country because Both. the clubs have no money no they don't have they don't have dedicated revenue to make it possible so they gotta each kid has to pay thousands of yeah. dollars yeah when them, i right? did the under 17 nationals in 2022 and
1: i was doing all my research for the yeah. for the commentary I, I, that was the first of me really knowing like that they didn't get financial help from Canada soccer to go yep. and play at the national tournament. And they had to do all this fundraising.
2: And Which, it's... is that what it's like in other countries? I don't know. Am I surprised I... It's the way, that's the way in our country? In general, no. Am I surprised is... it's the way in our country based on all these other financial issues that we know are going on? Not at all. Yeah. Is it the way it should be? That's up for debate.
1: Yeah, but... I mean, again, ideal world, your governing body does that, but I know money doesn't just grow in trees and, yeah. But, again, let us know what you would like to change in Canadian football to to make it better, because as we said at the top of the show, big, big couple of years coming up for the game on this continent. Just the last thing, then, in a world perspective, what change or changes or what main change or changes, because obviously
2: we could go through a lot here, would you like to see in the world game? I don't know. All the changes that seem to be happening are just again. They're about. They're all about the business, right? Which yeah, again, is not is not. Uh, when I talk about the fu- the f- business side of football, I I'm not not all that's bad, right? Like
0: no, I mean a lot f- of
2: it is a lot of it is ne- football clubs ne- are and, business. Yeah, a lot of it is n- a necessity. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not excited about you know the potential of a, uh, like a European Super League or whatever. I think the changes to the Champions League. I haven't oh, wrapped my head around all of them. Uh, it's but, so weird. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not exciting to me. Uh, even though twenty twenty five, I think the ter- the finals back in Munich. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I go make a return for that again. See if they, if they, uh, if they did it that it was just one
1: league and everyone played each other once. I, I could kind of be like, oh, okay. But the fact that you're all in one league, but you're not all going to play each other.
2: Yeah, I it's, don't... it's
1: just like.
2: Yeah, it's it's weird. It's yeah. very 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 weird. It's I mean, weird um, real... so yeah, what would I want to change? Uh, change? Yeah, I, like you, I, I, I'm not trying to sound traditional or old fashioned or whatever. I loved it when I first got into football in the nineties. When you had this competition for the team that won your national league, you had a competition for your, the team that won your national cup. And then you had another competition where a bunch of other teams that did well in your, your national league got to play. Yeah. So the, what was the European cup or Mm -hmm. even, even the early stages of the champions league were like this, where it was only the champions and then all, and then the cup winners cup great concept not a great name but great concept and then the uefa cup Mm -hmm. the way it was i thought was 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 great and 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 now if you did it that way now the uefa cup might be the most exciting tournament because it has the most big teams in it yeah but i don't know like yeah i mean
1: are are they gonna have to change the theme song like to go the champions or whatever team finished in the top four (laughs) or top five yeah or won the fair play and got an extra place.
2: <laughs> oh, do you remember the Inter Total Cup?
1: Where there was oh, no trophies? Yes. Of course you're Scottish.
2: You have the team's playing for Yeah, that most ball. of our teams were in the Inter Total Cup. Um where there was three finals and the winners got into the, like the qualifying rounds for the yeah. University <laughs> Cup. Um so yeah, I I missed those days. And I I, wish, I do too. I wish we could go back to it and I know we never will. But if no. I could change it, that's how I would change it. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's performance based it's uh it's it's competition based it's not yeah those are the important metrics in my opinion
1: well i mean if you look even now concacaf champions cup and there's 10 mls teams in it how many of them actually won anything to get that spot in the champions cup well two well you you've got columbus Mm -hmm. you've got miami well, um Cincinnati Saturday, August, Shield, yeah. yeah and the white caps
2: um oh, and Houston cuz Houston, Houston won was the, say, the, the US Open Cup. Cup so yeah.
1: 5 of the 10 teams are yeah. actual champions
2: yeah and the other half are there for fun
1: yeah no i i like that 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 is a good one like having just champions and that my, my other one that i had is from a real perspective cuz this is pissing me off so much if goalkeepers aren't allowed to to move about in the line now, from the new rules and everything like that, you have to stop stutter steps at free kicks. It's and not
2: know, just it's not just the stutter step; it's also that jump thing. Oh yeah, the little hop. Yeah, because Luva, I don't know if he was the first. Because I know uh, what's his name, the Italian guy, does it. Uh, well, he scored the winning, or he scored a I don't know, winning. He maybe got stopped at the Euro. Um, Jorginho, the Brazilian uh Italian guy. Um, yeah. Louandowski used to do this all the time. He would do this the stutter step and then he'd do the hop and like and then he'd watch which way the goal he went and then he would just tap it to the other side. And as much as I loved it because it got us lots of goals, yeah, I hate I hate the I I mean I hate it so much. There there was
1: Uh, I've watched so much football I can't remember exactly but I think it was In the the language language of the
2: rules You have to carry your forward motion or whatever I've seen at least one time where the forward motion Is stopped and the VAR Does nothing and I'm just like This is ridiculous
1: There there was one of the
2: Oh actually it might have been Mexico Panama
1: In the Nations League shootout And I really felt for the Panama keeper Because the kick had to get retaken three times because the first two the times he, he slightly came off his line, because yeah. the guy stopped and did the little hop before it. So yeah. y- you've got to stop it. Because if, yeah. if they're if they're if they're going to get penalised for that, it's like what are they meant to do. It's just so stupid. And I know it changed years ago that you had to at least continue your run up. I would argue that some of the ones that we see are not yeah. a continuation. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're, they're, yeah.
2: The, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if any keeper doesn't because the keepers with the new rules for the keepers they've lost this forward momentum right they mm-hmm. can't push off and go out i want to see if there's going to be a keeper who maybe starts even further back in and chooses kind of to run and like well they, they still
1: have to keep their they have to have their foot on the line at all times i think
2: oh so one one or both just one one foot on the line okay.
1: yeah that's, so I guess you yeah. could be far back, but you still would have that have have, one foot on the line.
2: Yeah, but that's not going to give you the momentum I was thinking of. Mm. Where you could really jump. But no, I I, I agree with you. I, I don't like it. I think it's, a, it's on something where there's a 77% sh- chance that the the, the shooter's going to score. It gives them a ridiculous advantage.
1: Yeah. Now, I, I understand <clears throat> uh, if it's during a game it's like the team's given up a penalty. So why should the the goalkeeper get an advantage? But in a shootout, it should be a level playing field that the keeper's got a chance to save it. Yeah. It's just been annoying me so much this year because I've watched a few that I really feel for the goalkeeper because it's like, what's he
2: meant to do? Well, that's the thing though too. Shootouts are quite different because usually when you, in a match, right? In a match when a penalty is awarded, depending on the time of the game or injuries or whatever, most teams have a designated guy who's like, that's what he does. He takes penalties, right? Yeah. So he is, whether he's got one of these techniques with the run, you know, the, the hop or the, you know, the, the stutter jogging run up thing or whatever, the awkward thing. Um, he is like, he's, he, he is ready to do that. So a lot of those penalties, whenever those get saved by like the normal penalty take care, I'm always like more impressed by the keeper but yeah, when you go to a shootout, I, what was shootout was I watching recently with my son? Uh, what was it? We were watching some shootouts. It was a German Cup? I think it was German Cup. This and is the problem. Like, we
1: watch so much football; it's oh, all yeah. messing into one. So now. This is
2: a couple of weeks ago. We were watching German Cup, and you're just like, yeah, there's some players who are like, you know, you get down the order, right? And you, especially if you get after the five, you're like, yeah, these guys are not. They do not want to be taking this, right? And so it, it, it kind of shifts the maybe the momentum to the keeper in one sense. But yeah, it, the, these techniques that are that are often employed, especially by the primary takers, some of them are ridiculous and should be banished, in my opinion. I agree.
1: Anyway, that is it for our awards, our changes that we'd like to make. We've got one more part of the AFTN, Two Grumpy Men Talk About Traditional Football Values. <laughs> And we'll be back chatting some CPL, some making predictions for the CPL and finding out next what song has made it to number one in our 2023 festive 15. We'll be back with all of that after this. Hi, I'm Martin Nash and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. (laughs)
5: Climus is a trick to turn you strange Until you're twisted and you're shining like a varicose vein Anger makes you weak and turns you sick And gets you in the six feet nice and quick No fair, they can talk to me, I can live alone I can live alone, happy, where I love to be I can live alone, 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 i far For the right to be, I can live alone, I can live alone Fairies get their fingers and they spin your wheel They make you look sunshine at sunshine, not your skin Baby, do. Alter in a smile Says I'm moving to America You won't see me for a while Me. I can live alone, I can live alone, happy Where I like to be, I can live alone, 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 alone I Father far the I right to be, I can live alone, I can live alone takes your soul he does not care if you're shot down like a dog or expired on the stairs the boat is drifting in the way it is cast how can life go so slowly and death comes so fast across the river sticks I roll along, but I've got one
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. It's the final part of our final show of 2023. I know it might be 2024 when you're listening to this, but it's still our final show of 2023, our New Year's special. And to round off our festive 15 and kicking off this part, it's number one, my favourite song. For 2023, and I, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to have Green and Chat and having number one and number two. I just could not pick between the two songs, and in the end, I went for the first song that I heard from his solo album Case for the Fly. That was Fairly's. Absolutely fantastic song. It's a fantastic album. Highly recommend you check it out. And as I keep saying, I want to get Bohemian's Fontaine's DC. Sponsored strip. The postage here is horrendous. I've still never got round to sending it to my friend Lee in Scotland. I should do that soon. But Green Chatton takes the number one in our 2023 Festive 15. Joining Ice Peak, who got the inaugural number one in 2022. Who will be number one in 2024? What songs will be in that Festive 15? I think we can put some money on the Libertines having a few songs in there. But we'll find out this time next year God willing if we're both still here Zach <laughs> start the year off on a, on a gloomy note yeah seriously <laughs> well let, let's let's pick the mood up a little bit let's talk some CPL then in this part well a, a little bit of CPL chat for you again it's quiet at the moment because it is the off season and it's not until April that the league season will kick off for the CPL although Cavalry and Forge will be in Champions Cup action in February. But CPL Commissioner Martin Noonan had a, a chat with Neil Davidson from the Canadian press this week, and Neil did a, a couple of articles that featured in newspapers around the country. You can check it out in Times Colonist, for, for example, and a few other places as well. And I, I'd thought about, actually... Speaking to Martin Noonan for our, our Christmas show, and I thought, I'll wait until the new year, see what developments there is, and, and have a chat with him then on the show. But I, I, some interesting stuff, Zach, from his chat with Neil Davidson. He he talked about growing the league. Attendances in 2023 were up 20%. Uh, that's probably helped with Vancouver FC coming in and Edmonton not. I know VFC attendances were not what they hoped, but they were better than what Edmonton were drawing. But teams on the whole were on the up, and Forge and Cavalry were certainly on the up in their attendances. Mm-hmm. He chatted about adding some more teams, and very hopeful that two teams will be joining the league in 2025. Which Going back to our chat in the last show, there's 14 teams just now... In the Canadian Championship, those two would take it to the sixteen that you yeah. dream, but then you've got more because you've got like League One Alberta and
2: League One Maritime. So, yeah, so then you're working towards you know 32, mm-hmm. or what they'll probably do for a while is this whole you get a buy and you get a buy. Yeah, I think it
1: it will be. But it'll yeah. be the White Caps. He'll just keep winning it and it will get a buy now to the the quarterfinals every year. But yeah, I mean, adding two teams in 2025 is an interesting one. I think everyone is wanting a Quebec team. And uh, yep. you've got to feel that's going to be a, a cert. What do you think about the second one? Do you see a second Quebec team? Is that being too ambitious? Where else could we be looking at here? There's always been uh, these rumours of Kelowna.
2: Yeah, Kelowna one day will be great. I don't know. If that would, I'd be happy if that was 2025. Um, uh, two, two, two Quebec teams would be helpful, you, you'd think, right? right? Mm. Because... Right for the away East you have... No, but no, not so much for that. So oh. more for themselves, right? Oh, like, rival so reason a... yeah. I mean, they've they've an got Ottawa, though.
1: Ottawa and Halifax, I guess. But
2: yeah, but if you put one in Quebec City and one in the Montreal area, it's an it's a it's a natural yeah big
1: because well, I mean Ottawa was two hours from Montreal, I think, when I got the bus, and then yeah, Quebec City like was about another two hours from Montreal.
2: I've driven it before and I can't remember now, but yeah, something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Quebec city and Montreal would be great. Uh, I, I don't, I, I have not heard anything. I have not asked anyone in a while about this. So I don't have any like info or anything, but oh, this NDA signed, So no one's going to tell you. Right. But, um, cause what do we got? We got three Ontario. One, yeah. So. Yeah, that would, then I'm going them six. Uh, t- yeah would not be perfect but uh, uh, yeah I also was there not also mention that they are longing to get back into Edmonton too yes right? so
1: that was the other one they, they'd like to get back into Edmonton and, and they mean, still want to be in Saskatchewan yeah that seems to be on hold and of course David Clannahan had the rights to a team in it? Windsor yeah but I mean there's lots of, like Kitchener has been pushing for a team for a while and KW United going way back to like PDL days as yeah. well where such a, a great club um, could you see? I mean, I mean, there's a there's some good teams in, in League One Ontario. There's some good teams in League One Quebec, and a number of them have got like youth academies and and stuff. CS Saint Laurent, who uh, were one of the teams that were at nationals when I commentated on that, they've got an impressive setup there as a as a potential Quebec side. It's exciting. Just to have this talk and the fact that there could be two teams coming in in 2025, especially considering we're looking at a women's league in 2025 as well. I mean, we spoke about how exciting 2024 is going to be. 2025 could be shaping up to be quite tasty as well. I I hope it comes off. I think the league does need to expand from eight.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh,
1: and like sooner rather than later. I mean, obviously, it, it needs to expand for me. But what I'm meaning is like sooner rather yeah. than later.
2: Yeah. So I think I think the 2025 teams need to be confirmed like the absolute latest by like June, July. Yes. Or June, yeah. June yeah. At These the teams
1: have to have a better time to to
2: get prepared. Yeah. Either um, earlier than that would be even better. But uh, yeah, I. I
1: there's a lot of interesting questions as well. It's like, will it be Canadian ownership? Will it be more foreign
2: ownership? Yes, those are those are valid questions, right? Who is Who has the money that they're willing to invest in football in Canada? And we've seen yeah. it's taken Spaniards and Mexicans and other people to join a small group of Canadians to make this happen. Because mm-hmm. right, both... right
1: now, you're battling for this canadian money and canadian sponsorship revenue with project a and the cpl and there's only a certain amount of money to go around
2: yeah so it the, might
1: take foreign investment
2: it's right does the foreign investment help then right mm-hmm. so um, yeah i the other thing was there was a third another toronto team mentioned in there wasn't there in the oh, article
1: no was there
2: yeah which I must have missed you're, that. If, I must have
1: uh, glossed over. I just immediately put that. If you're one
2: of the, if you're these Mexican guys who bought into York, you must not be excited about reading that, or no. You must know that going in or whatever. But I mean, like,
1: I'm not a huge fan of foreign ownerships, just in general. But I, I think I can make an exception right now, for the CPL if it's yeah. done properly, and like yeah. this Mexican group seemed great. Their ideas, what they've said off the bat What they want to do for the game here It all seems really good Those are the kind of foreign owners you gladly welcome
2: In 5-10 to years I hope we're not singing a different song But yeah, in general I agree with you
1: What I don't want is just like Really cheap feeder leagues And I don't like the Man City model I don't like the Red Bull model I get why they want to do it It increases their brand worldwide And if if I was a Man City fan, I would support NYCFC. I'd support Melbourne City. I'd, right. I'd support my teams. Yeah. yeah. So it's I, like I I get all that.
2: I don't like the electrical Ottawa either. No. Uh, again, I'm thankful that it helped the league in in a moment that they needed it or whatever. I there are, the the there are different ways to do a, a the multi club ownership that um uh, that are different than that. Uh, I know, I do know that there there was I think one one opportunity that looked at that, but uh, I I don't I, I don't see that in necessarily what they're talking about now, mm-hmm. and I think you're more likely to see one of those teams kind of come in as opposed to something that could be different, but um, he, yeah,
1: here's, here's a I think we've touched on this before, but just a genuine question for you. Say Bayern mm-hmm. bought a Canadian CPL team. Say they yeah. were one of these two teams that came in yeah. and say they were in Quebec. Yeah. Would you, I mean, obviously Vancouver FC is your number one team, but would you then kind of have them as your second team? Would you be invested in them as a Bayern fan?
2: Like, would be invested in them some level, yeah, if they were Bayern. But here's the thing, if Bayern did that, Would it be? I don't. I don't think Bayern, because because Bayern is Bayern Munich is it's Bavarian Munich, right? They're not going to call another team Bayern Quebec City. It doesn't like it. Just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess maybe branding wise it makes sense, Mm -hmm. but it it does not logically make sense. So I don't see like if you're if you're you know man city you, it's easy you just oh yeah we're quebec city and whatever you know like it's it's that's an easier one uh if you're dead bull you put dead bull and you whatever build around yeah, their, their colors or whatever so th- but if Bayern were to do that let's use your example quebec city um i could see them doing some kind of thing where it's like yeah they're Bayern. it's a they own it but it's not called Bayern quebec it's like uh the three i don't know something like uh, like if they went to say say for sake say they went to Trois-Rivières they went to the three rivers right I could see them doing some kind of like you know the three red rivers or something you know what I mean they're like some kind of but not like but I could also see them saying going into Quebec City and being like it's Quebec City FC and the colors are blue they're not our colors you know what I mean but we own the mm. team because Quebec was maybe a bad example yeah it? yeah but but even Saskatchewan, right? They're green. Yeah. Right? It's going to be... The C- club in Saskatchewan is going to be green and yellow. You know that. Yeah. One, one yeah. of
1: them. Because it's the like team, I, I'm a West Ham fan. Not as much as I I, I used to be. But if West Ham, say, got a, a CPL team, I'd follow their fortunes. I'd be invested in it. But they wouldn't be my primary
2: team because no. I would always support my local team. Now, the, the, problem, the problem for me would arise is if... if if Byron wanted to put a team in Kelowna. I see I was I was gonna
1: initially say Kelowna and bit, I thought no, I'll go I'll go the other side. But yeah, if it was Kelowna, that would be an
2: interesting one for you. Yeah, I mean you could bigger.
1: technically make those home games.
2: Yes. Lots of lots of driving. Oh, i oh. flown I've flown from, from Kelowna. I flew I flew from Kelowna to watch. Canada U-20 play Scotland U-20 in 2007. Oh. you remember that game? It got, I know was, I wasn't here. I had tickets for it, but U-20 I wasn't there. here. Swangard got rained out. Like, the pitch got waterlogged, and they played it at Percy Perry.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
2: But I flew back. I, it was we had a family gathering in, in Kelowna, and it was, around, it was around my birthday, and my birthday present for my in-laws was a flight back, so I could go see the game. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, but... As long as the investment's there, it's proper investment, and they know they're in it for the long term, I mean, this is great. I mean, Noonan mentioned that ideally, the long-term goal is still to have, like, more than one division, but shorter term than that, to kind of have, like, east-west? No, 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 no. I, I,
2: I do not like that at all.
1: I, I, I don't like the east-west, but I I, I like the them having
2: oh. the two divisions. Well, the two divisions is the pyramid, right? Is the yeah. CPL wants to go that? Yeah, if great. if they have Pro Rail and particular, yeah, that's great. great. But the the east-west west, it's to cut no. down the no, but uh,
1: for travel. But it, costs, no, it, it ruins the
2: competition. Well, yeah, the because the reason suffers. I want
1: ten teams is I feel eight makes it stale as it is. Yeah, and it's like then if
2: you go east-west,
1: unless you've got like well, a twenty-team league,
2: at, even at ten, even at ten. I don't think they will, but I could see them having a conversation about, hey, we have nine opponents. Let's keep playing four games each. Let's just up our games from mm-hmm. twenty to 36. I would think they would do that, yeah. Right, but so, uh, yeah, I, I don't love the, I don't I mean, I love playing every team equal number of times. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, that would be it. anyways Anyways, um, but no. Actually, I that would like... be an interesting one because I don't
1: know. I'm saying I think they would do that
2: might
1: not, Actually, teams. it might be
2: three, and that would be twenty-seven, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. But then again, that's awkward. That's not mm. good. But um, you got to. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't want to be playing in Forge twice. No, if you're battling you for gotta, a playoff that's you, spot, that's why you realistically you need to get to at least sixteen teams, yeah. so you can play thirty games. I guess fifteen. No, fifteen's awkward because then you have no one playing. Fourteen is fourteen to sixteen's the sweet spot i think 16 because you need you need Right now it's 28 it's not bad i think 30 would be fine 18 max in my opinion but anyways um i do not like this this saying oh we might have uh, separate divisions no this is not what we need we do not i do not want this to be a a split thing this is where and i'm sure they've they've been think about this or thought about it. But this is where you need to turn the the sponsorships into something that's more than just a, like a dollar amount. You need to say, hey WestJet, let next as we move forward, um, part of our deal. Let's okay, so we're supposed to make two million dollars from you next year. Can we have 1.5 and free flights for our teams or whatever? You know what I mean? Like you you gotta somehow obviously those aren't I'm just spitting like throwing yeah. numbers. But I don't know what the real numbers are, but like you gotta somehow for the sake of the competition, you got to do that. I do not want them to go east-west ever. Um, I I I know we, we talked about this at the time. I hated when MLS did this when the when Vancouver when the Whitecaps joined MLS, and it, and they had to play everyone home and away. I know it sucked for travel, and it was whatever, but it was a much better competition. Yeah, it was much more even. It was balanced. It was the way. F- I think it well, should be your supporter shield winner is the genuine league champion. Exactly, is a total recognizable un, uh, un. It's just not a for debate, right? And so, yeah, I think I just hope that they don't fall into this trap of doing an east west like so many other parts of North American sports do. I get the cost. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not an issue, but there's something you can do. I think I think there's creative ways around that.
1: Yeah, I, I do as well. And I, I mean, the dream is to have as many divisions and like promote teams from League One. And I'm not talking about having pro rail between League One and this, but just like promote them from semi-pro to pro. My, my dream, I don't think TCS share this dream, but my dream is for them to be in the CPL Division Two yeah. one day uh, as but, a professional club. Obviously, that I takes a lot more money and a lot more running and staff and everything i read both
2: articles i missed the part where he talked about multiple divisions like having
1: he mentioned that the ultimate thing is east-west matchups oh, okay. to, to cut back on travel costs
2: okay well yeah but, that's east-west but is he but he was he was, was he directly talking about pro-rel in that too no 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 Oh okay no no
1: um, okay. The the pro rail is just like how the long term goal is to yeah, have yeah, like yeah. A, a division one, division two, and stuff like that. Yeah, no, yeah. The articles was just talking about yeah, ideally yeah. they want more eastern teams playing in the east, more west in the west because of the travel costs. Yeah. I mean, this this country is so vast, so expensive to travel across that it it is what has prevented domestic leaks here not just in soccer yeah you, you look at the new women's professional um hockey league and the teams are all in that small area in the east because i travel at us canada and it's just all focused in the east and it, i mean it makes total sense i mean noonan said that cpl owners are probably 125 million dollars in the hole from developing an ecosystem for soccer in Canada that didn't exist. Yeah. Now, that is a figure that needs to get put out there yeah. to a lot of the detractors that well, that's think why he, all the CPL owners are lining their pockets.
2: Yeah, that's why he's saying it to Neil Davison. Yeah,
1: because, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is going to go far and wide. That's where the folk take it on board. Now, part... Of the, the cost of developing this ecosystem is expanding the lower tier League One framework from forty teams in twenty nineteen to one hundred and sixty two now. They've also created a women's interprovincial championship. He was keen to note, especially with all the Project yeah. Eight chat going on. The second article focused more on like the CSB deal which of course lots of folk have lots of questions on, lots of folk don't like it, lots of people want it to get renegotiated. And he said that they are open to renegotiating it.
2: Uh, to No, no, to amending it. To amending it, sorry.
1: Yeah. Is that not renegotiating?
2: No. Amending it is saying we're gonna make this alteration. It's not, renegotiating would be kind of like, let's change, like you're open to, I think, sorry, how I'm reading the comments about this from the from the beginning of of this whole uproar over it, um, is they're, yeah, renegotiating to me means means like uh, maybe looking at everything and evaluating everything. Whereas I think they're willing to amend it to increase the amount that goes to the CSA. I don't think I don't think they're going to be like, oh, let's talk about the ten years, or let's talk about the let's talk about our, our ability to extend it. You know, I, don't think they're, I think there's things for them that are non-negotiable, would be my guess. Um, but they are willing to amend things like the amount that goes to the, the, to the CSA for these things. Interesting. Cause that, that's how I would view the, it.
1: The, the quote in the article is, we hope that with the new leadership at Canada Soccer, we can really continue to work on the relationship. We continue to play a role as the growth engine of soccer in this country. We've been unfairly criticized by people who have other agendas. We're not apologizing anymore. We've been punched in the face unfairly.
2: Yeah, and I agree with him.
1: I totally agree with that as well. A lot of people, well, actually not a lot, a couple of people that I've seen, um, and I don't know how widespread this is, felt that he was saying that he was having a go at the Canadian women's players because they've been criticizing the CSB deal. I didn't take it as, as that at all.
2: Uh, there's some of the people who have it. I mean, the men have as well. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I of- took it that he was just meaning a, a wide variety of people, and yes. in particular, the constant having a goal by the likes of Rick Westhead with West, his yeah. articles, who, yeah. I mean, I, I had a little back and forth with Megan Johnson from TSN. I, I don't know Megan. Har says she's a really nice person. She's very good at her job. But she's obviously going to stand up for for TSN because that's who she huh. she works for. But she had taken it to mean that he was having a go at the female players. And I was like, I didn't take it at that at all.
2: And I, I mentioned that. I, I don't think I don't think his comments are against them specifically. No, but I think but they'll the, be part of it. Exactly. Yeah, but the it, Rick it, Westhead it might be, thing, rightly so. In my opinion, yeah.
1: It. Like, making pointed out that Rick Westhead has done great investigative journalism on a number of things in the game here, and he has but it's also very one-sided stuff and I can't remember the exact thing that happened this year that he didn't comment on and I was like where's Rick Westhead now commenting on this and I can't for the life of me remember what it was now but my, my question to that is if CSB had done a deal with TSN instead of with One Soccer and it was the exact same deal Would those articles get published?
2: That's a great question. My guess it would be no,
1: might, might get published on something like Sportsnet, I guess. But yeah, TSN yeah. would not be running such articles about the CSB deal. No, I, well, I, yeah, I would think not if CSB had then sold the rights instead of Media Pro. But, to, to but TSN's,
2: TSN's, um. Lack of desire to invest into football is one of the other topics that he... Yeah,
1: this is the thing that really stood crazy. out for me in the this article. This is crazy to me. Crazy. So, absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, Noonan said that CSB bought the rights from MediaPro for, for Christine Sinclair's farewell game, a BC place against Australia earlier this month. CSB then struck a deal with TSN and Canada Soccer for TSN to show the match. Now, I'm not knocking TSN's coverage. The game was produced by MediaPro, but TSN's pre-game and post-game of the game, it was excellent. They did a great job and full credit to them. So I'm not criticizing TSN for their day of game, activities. I thought that was excellent. But Noonan said, in a perfect world, TSN would pay a rights fee to MediaPro. They weren't willing to do that. We gave them a fully produced game at no cost. They enhanced it a little bit and they put it on their network. They have a big platform and to send off the greatest Canadian soccer player in the right way was really important to anybody who's involved in the game. For us, it was the right thing to do So we figured out a way to get that done. So TSN weren't prepared to deal with MediaPro. Why is that? I don't know. I'd
2: love to speak to someone from TSN about that. that. MediaPro. Some of the issues they've had in other places in the world. Is it because the issues they've had over trying to strike deals to get CPL on TSN? Is like what? Like what? Like yeah, something's gone on there. Yeah, they weren't willing to do that. Now,
1: I've had a couple of people DM me and say Noonan is not telling the whole story here about how this played out, but they wouldn't clarify what the whole story was. Mm. They said, not in a position to elaborate. And apparently it was the chatter in Langford amongst media as to how the deal got done. But people are not
2: expanding on exactly what yeah, has been we were, missed out here. We were trying there was someone in Langford we were gonna ask when we were there for the Canada game and then we didn't get to ask them. Mm-hmm. Someone who would have known, they might not have been able to talk about it, but um it, it's it's absolutely crazy to me. So again, so people got to watch the game on TSN because the CSB paid for it. Yeah. But if Noonan hadn't come out and said this, no one would be any the wiser. I know he TSN has to say would be that. the good guys. You have to say that because they they take bullets over this stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, no, exactly.
1: But it's so like, TSN, you, like, oh, you, we said on the show, don't go giving TSN praise here for showing this game because no, no. they've shown very little regard for showing games in recent years. And if they really wanted to invest in Canadian soccer, they would be putting money and showing CPL games. They'd be showing maybe the odd League 1 BC game when you see some of the other shit that's shown on the channel. And I yeah. know football doesn't draw big numbers across the board and yeah poker will get good numbers and maybe some of the other stuff gets great numbers as well but it's like if you're if you want to say that you're a supporter of canadian soccer you have to invest in it at all levels and tsn have not done that even going just... back to when they had mls rights they had rights to games that the zone couldn't show because they had the rights to it and they weren't showing the games yeah And they,
2: I yeah, I can't believe. So when he says they enhanced it a bit, I'm guessing they put it from 720 to 1080. Maybe,
1: but I I also think like the pre and post game shows and enhanced the whole the whole thing of it because they did a fantastic job
2: in that. Yeah, and that's what they do. They do great jobs producing the pre and post game shows. I have a lot of time for Luke Wildman. I've even yeah, me too. In some ways, grown to appreciate your fellow Scotsman a little bit, even. Uh, there I know, nice
1: I know. Sure. I've it's abused easy. them on the show, but yeah. no, I have as well. Um, and I'm so not not going not gonna to apologise for my comments about no, Stephen no. Caldwell,
2: but a... I do appreciate him a bit more than I did. But nothing against those two. But TSN, like yeah, TSN to me is useless other than it has Formula One rights. <laughs> like it's yeah. like I I I watched the MLS
1: games on it. Um, I've watched some C- CFL games on it They've got the international rights Obviously for the big tournaments
2: Right, right so, yeah. well, The there, right? Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and the World and World under 17 World Cup And yeah, they'll yeah. have the Euros And and everything like that But they, like you, you know That they want Project 8 But I'm, I think CBC might as well So they'll be battling for that DSN wants Project 8? I, I, I'm just assuming they will because then they'll be saying, "Look what we're doing for women's football." Because they've been showing NWSL. Oh right, right, right. So it'll be like, "Oh, we're big supporters of women's football. Oh yeah, football.
2: I've watched. NWSL, I've watched
1: NWSL on there too. So I, I think they'll want that. Now, will that draw bigger viewing figures than CPL? Very possibly. It depends on the quality of the league. It's the quality of the league, in. in relative terms compared to nwsl going to be like what cpl is to mls i think very realistically yes it's going to kind of be a development platform for for a number of players so that's going to be interesting what that tv deal is but you don't paint tsn as being the big light here and there's a lot of criticism can go csb's way there's a lot of criticism but I thought this was a good piece by Mark Noonan and it's it's had mixed reactions and it will depending on what side you're on. And obviously we're CPL friendly so we kind of fall down on that side a little bit.
2: Yeah, I'm thankful to Neil Davidson for putting these out there.
1: I thought it was, I thought it was two very good articles by Neil. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much it for our football chat. But we'll end this this part with our... Bold predictions for the CPL. We've done it for for the White Caps. We've talked about change in MLS, change in CPL. What what's your three bold predictions for the uh, CPL
2: for 2024? I'm gonna say they get some kind of var. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm gonna say Vancouver FC comes top five, so it makes the playoffs. That's that, my That's, be, that that's
1: might... one of mine, but I'm not gonna change that one. I'm keeping that. That one.
2: might be very bold.
1: I, oh. I think they can if they yeah, totally. if they do a good off season.
2: And I'm gonna say uh this one just for fun. I'm gonna this is not that bold. This is a fun one. Is that okay? hmm I'm gonna say uh Sean Hundle scores well he scored six this year. I'm gonna say he scores six or less for Valor next year.
1: What if he scores at the Eagles nest end?
2: The what? The in the valley end? Yeah. Whatever you call it. Yeah, well, or the, call
1: the game? Eagles Nest?
2: Don't be oh, don't be like that, Michael. It's the the big you, you can read, right?
1: Sometimes. It's the big banner that says <laughs> the if I've got my glasses on or not. If it's I've forever. got them on, I can't. That's the weird thing <laughs> right now. That, hence me recording this podcast with my glasses off and I'm getting a really sore head. Oh no. Um yeah, what if he scores at your end?
2: Uh, I'm sure he'll be booed if he scores What what will through, you throw at him? <laughs> uh watches, I don't know. <laughs> what, watches? No, he's big on watches. Oh, okay. Uh
1: what what's your third oh that no, was your third one. That yeah. One. Sorry. I, I, I'm gonna say VFC make the playoffs as well. Nice. I will not say top five in case they expand it to top six or something. But no, <laughs> I think they'll I'll think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, I'm not bold enough to say they'll they'll have a home playoff game, but I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, hmm, I I don't want to make them all VFC related, so I'll I'll, I'll go for a, a league wide one. And
2: I, I league wide, I went with VAR.
1: Yeah, that would be the one I would have gone for as well, but I'll try. I'll, Suckle back. i will try and think of a, a different league one. And my other one, which is maybe my boldest of all, I don't know. I I just have this feeling that Cavalry are going to beat Orlando in the Champions
2: Ooh, Cup. I like that.
1: I just I don't know. Don't know if I've been drinking Tommy's Kool Aid or just because I want them to do it is possibly why as well. But it's I, I, yeah. I, that that's going to be my one for that. Let's see, league wide I'm gonna Say that Maybe CBC will start Showing some games again Again that might be more wishful thinking I just feel they need to They need to raise exposure to the league They've got to try and get it out there To have more eyes on it And as good a job as one soccer do And they do a fantastic job For Canadian soccer from top to bottom It needs more eyeballs and CBC would seem the good partners for it yeah I'll, I'll, I'll go with that nice so that is it for our football chat we will finish the show as always with this episode's wavelength last episode for the Christmas special I played Armchair Loyal's cover of All I Want for Christmas is a Dukla Prague Awake it, and in that song it talks about Sabutio. Mm-hmm. which for me Sabutio is something that I, I associate with Christmas because every Christmas as a kid I got either a Sabutio kit or like the players or the floodlights or stands so for, for years I got lots of Sabutio stuff so I thought we'll keep that going we, we played a song by this group a few weeks back Sir Robert Orange Peel a band that does instrumental songs with kind of cuts in of audio or whatever so this is one from the 2022 album the Argos catalog this is called you oh <laughs>
3: you get burnt knees feel play professionally on nice tables but the idea quite simply is to flick that little man
1: onto that little ball into that big goal That's when I discovered it into that big goal. Robert Orange Pale, You Beauty-O. And that's a beauty of a song to end our wavelengths for 2023. We've got a lot more to come in 2024. That is also it for our last show of 2023. It's been a good year, Zach. Thank you for being with me this year. It's been a lot of fun doing these shows. Any final thoughts for you? Any New Year resolutions or good wishes you want to, to share with anyone or anything
2: funny that's caught your eye? uh no um yeah it's been another great year michael thank you so much for having me um and yeah thanks to everyone who listens uh yeah deeply appreciate that um um thanks for all the feedback whether it's in person or online or or whatever whether it's uh, constructive criticism or um yeah appreciation (laughs) it's a both are appreciated um And yeah, I I hope everyone has a great, safe New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And uh, looking forward to the rest of this off-season because there's lots of stuff that's going to be happening and lots of stuff to be talking about, about football in the Lower Mainland in BC and across our our beautiful country.
1: Very well, sir. I just want to, to give a big thank you as well to all our listeners that's been with us. Whether you're new, whether you've just listened to a few this year, whether you've been with us every step of the way, we appreciate all of you. We appreciate the interaction. I love chatting with you all on Twitter. I'm on Twitter way much, way more than I, I really should be, but I, I love it. I love interacting with everyone. Thank you for the feedback as well. I know I'm terrible at getting back to emails in a timely manner a lot of the time as well. That is my resolution to try and change that in 2024. I want to be better. When you've taken the time to to get in touch with us. But I do read everything and we do talk about a lot of it on the show. Thank you to all our subscribers to the Extra Podcast as well. If you're not one, $3 a month, $30 a year. We're looking to do some maybe different things with that in 2024. We'll see how that plays out. We've got a lot of fun things planned music-wise for 2024. Uh, I'll mention that in the show next week. Two, possibly three regular things for each part that we're going to have throughout the year but yeah just keep the feedback coming if you've loved the show let us know in the podcast reviews and stuff It's always very much appreciated subscribe to our youtube channel as well youtube.com backslash aft in canada we'll be back next week with our first show of 2024 until then have a wonderful happy healthy and safe new year and have a wonderful 2024. I hope it brings you all that you're looking for. Until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. Mon the Caps. And Ali La Rouge. Going to your first match is an experience you'll never forget.